yourselves I can't afford to be here This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the rock room tonight to discuss the one and only Elvis Costello. Heads up, just the Columbia years. Please welcome my friend, Kevin Hartbarger. Hello, Pat. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for taking me last night to see... Elvis Costello at the beautiful yeah. Fred Cavalli Theater in Thousand Oaks. We uh, we had good seats. Our seats could have been a little bit better. And tell the people why. Well, they could have been one row closer. One row closer. And then we would have been yeah. in the first row. I got to be honest. I was disappointed because there was a whole row of old people that could see a little bit better than us. <laughs> yeah. We are also old people. No, but you saw the <laughs> row in front of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a sea of, of white hair. I thought... I thought Steve Martin was in every seat in front of us. <laughs> Although your your seat didn't really have anybody, you didn't have anybody right in front of you. The way the rows were kind of yeah, curved, the rows in the front kind of curved. Yeah. So they ended. You know, I mm-hmm. had someone right in front of me, but then I don't think you had anybody in front no. of you. But you're taller than me, so mm-hmm. it's a you should have someone in front of you because so, you could see over them. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll tell you what I loved about that. And again, I don't need the leg room, but there's a, there was a lot of leg room. Yes, between. The seats. Yes. As a taller person, I definitely appreciated the additional leg room. And very especially when people, you know, were getting up and moving around or going to the going to the bathroom in the middle of a song, uh, which is very uh, rude. Well, they had to because their bladders are, are working overtime at that age. <laughs> well, that's true. They're By pro- the way, I got up and went to the bathroom, yeah, too. That's right. There was, there was probably a lot of uh, enlarged prostates right in front yeah. of us there. Actually, I got up because... I could have waited, but what I really got up for is I wanted to go out and get a pack of those famous Amos cookies. Okay. But when I went out, they were already shut down. Because oh. after, I think once the show starts, I can think they kind of shut down. Uh, so then I did go to the bathroom and came back without my famous Amos cookies. Oh, well, that's a bummer. I know. I know. <laughs> what if I just ate them all in the lobby and I just come back with crumbs on my face chocolate smeared all over did you go to the bathroom did you get cookies Pat no 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 I would have shared if I had cookies yeah your mouth's still full (laughs) (laughs) okay so do you have the set list in front of you from last night first of all Nick Lowe opened yes and he sang uh, I don't know my phone Tons of, he, he sang uh, all the ones you'd want him to sing. Yeah. Raging Eyes, I Knew the Bride When She Used to Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. Half a Boy, Half a Man. Uh, he started with And So It Goes. And So It Goes. Mm-hmm. And of course he did um, Cruel to Be Kind. And then he did uh, what, you know, whatever he wanted in between there. He was with uh, Los, Los Straight Jackets yep. or the band. And he left and they did a couple numbers which were fun. Some surf punk rock and um, they did a cover of uh, "My Heart Will Go On." Oh my God! Yeah, it yeah. was great. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he was he was great. Yeah. Now, Fantastic. on some of the shows, he was coming on at the end of Elvis's set. Yeah. And they were performing together, but he hasn't done that a couple times in California. And Kevin, your theory on that is what? Is that he lives here, and when he's done, he just goes home. <laughs> when they're on the road yep. somewhere, and he's staying in a hotel yep. anyway, he's just hanging out at the venue, mm-hmm. but. I don't, I don't know if he has a place. I assume he has a place here. Yeah. And so 
you know, he's a he's a man of an advanced age, yeah. and uh, it was late, and he was probably like, home. "I'm going home. I'm going home." Yeah. I pro- he's probably been there for a while because they do mm-hmm. a sound check, and yep. So that's how it goes. When I did uh, when I did stand up comedy, you were the opener, and then you would be the feature, and then. You know, if you got really good, you'd be the headliner. Yep. But the the feature spot was the sweet spot because the opener warms up the crowd for you. If he's good, then you ride that wave. If he's bad, then they're waiting for someone to be good. Yep. And then when you're done, boom, good night. You go back to the hotel. Nice. Uh, and when you worked with headliners, sometimes they would be so pissed. They'd be like, oh, yeah, it's the third night and you haven't watched my act yet. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm back at the hotel. Are you going to watch my act at all? I go, well, we're doing two shows Friday. I'll see I'll see the first show Friday, but I won't see the second show. So it's not normal for everyone to stick around. Well, then then would they get there early to see you then? Um, Sometimes they would, but I don't care. The, the only reason that you should see the act before you is to make sure that you don't have premises the same. Because I'm not, if you're after me, then you have to change. Yep. See what I mean? Yep. I'm not going to change. I've had, I had headliners that said, oh, I, I do a bit kind of like that, so can you not do that? And I'd say, no. I go, <laughs> I go you're the headliner. You should have a ton of material. Yeah. And if you do it after me, you're going to look bad. I would tell that to people. I mean, and they would not like it, but I'm just like, but some guys would go, oh, yeah, I won't do that one. I'm like, no, that's part of my act. I have to do it. Yeah, no, that's the reality. If you go in first, yeah. then uh, the audience is going to assume that they picked it up from yeah. you. The only reason to hang out if you were the feature is if you wanted to drink, because mm-hmm. you could drink for free. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to eat, because some clubs would like eat whatever food they had for free. Or if you wanted to uh, sleep with one of the waitresses. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hit on one of the waitresses. Pick, and, and that was not, that none of that was ever my, my game. I just wanted to do my set. And now if it was a headliner that I knew or that I loved, right. oh, I would watch every show. Yep. But if it was just some guy I'd never heard of, and he could have been great, mm-hmm. but I just... I'm going to go back to the hotel. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's your job, right? You're not, you're not there to be entertained. You're there to do your job. Right. And exactly. You're probably exhausted. And yeah. so if you can grab a couple extra hours of sleep, you're gonna. Yeah. 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 So, so that's what Nick Lowe was doing. Uh, he he probably him. went home. So yeah. good for him. And he's also insanely rich. Like right. there's no reason right. for him to, I mean, I listen, he was great. So I'm not, it's not like he got up there and coasted. He didn't at all. No. I mean, he was very, very engaging, very funny. Um, we're like really into it. And I think was genuinely having a good time, Yep. but he doesn't need to do that. Doesn't need to do anything. No. He, uh, he was also wearing Elvis Costello circa 1977 mm-hmm. glasses, right? which was hysterical. Yes. Um, kept all the hair. It's gray. Hair looks great. Um, kind of has, dresses hip, some slacks and some cool shirts. Little hip. Pants were pulled up a little high. A little know. high. Yeah. Old, yeah. He's got old man pants on. And then Elvis Costello comes out and he, he, he looks like he was in the clothes he had worn all day long. Yes. <laughs> like there was no stage clothes. Right. Or that the it may have been the clothes he had worn the night before. And he just rolled, he just fell into bed and then rolled right out yeah. uh, the next day. And then... Two of his band members are dressed to the nines. Mm-hmm. The bass player, Davy Farragher, dressed to the nines. A suit looked just looks so cool. Yeah, very cool. And then on this tour, they have Charlie Sexton. Yeah, and that guy just oozes rock and roll. Man, he's he just he looked awesome. He looked so awesome. The hair is awesome. He was always thin. So, so if he's look, he was always thin. So if he's gained twenty pounds, 
he's still thin. Right. Yes. That's how skinny he used to be. Yeah. And just a suit and just changing guitars and cool and just glasses. Everything was cool. Everything he did was cool. And then uh, Pete Thomas on drums, just keeping it simple with a black t-shirt. Yeah. He's the, he's the best. He really he's is. so good. I saw somebody posted, um, it might've been Elvis said, uh, you know, with, with Charlie Watts passing now, Pete Thomas is the greatest living drummer. And, uh, you and know, I, yeah, not bad. Yeah. He's he, very, he's, he's good. I don't know that he comes, his name doesn't come up a lot, but right. Underrated. Is underrated. And he's, he's great. I mean, he just absolutely killed it last night. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you how it goes. It goes. Charlie Watts, Peter Chris, <laughs> Tommy Lee, and then Pete Thomas in the number four slot. All right. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> right. You agree, right? Oh yes. Your credit credibility for, is for comedy's sake. Would you agree? <laughs> yes. I All absolutely. right. Good. Um, I gotta be honest. And then, uh, Steve, how do you say his last name? I always, it's Steve, it Steve naive, which Steve is not naive. his real name. Okay. And he, um, uh, and he was kind of dressed fancy too. Elvis is the one that looked the worst. By far, yeah. By I mean, far the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and um I mean his hair his hair was like kind of looked know, like, like he took a nap. I think and maybe he did. Yeah. Also not a young man anymore. <laughs> not a young man, but sounded great, played great. Yeah. He loved using those other microphones that had like a little bit of effect on them. Yeah, he had uh three microphones mm-hmm. all together. And so a bullhorn. And a bullhorn. Yep. Sometimes he'd, he'd use the bullhorn into one of those microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think he likes the uh, he likes the sound. It lets them, I mean, they kind of sound like those songs sound like that on the record. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. lets them replicate that a little bit. And, and he just, he did a, he did a good job of, he played hits. Yeah. Um, but even when he played hits, he put like a different spin on them. Yeah. So that, you know, for people like me, that have seen him a ton of times. They're mm-hmm. not like, okay, there he's just, even though I would have been thrilled, he could have done, you know, green shirt and had it sound exactly like it does on the record. Right. But the fact that he put a little spin on it and made it feel fresh. Um, but he didn't do like a, he didn't put too much of a spin on it. Like he didn't do a green shirt as a reggae song. He didn't no. do anything like that. Exactly. Like, yeah. You weren't, it wasn't a Bob Dylan show no. where 10 minutes in you're like, Oh, it's like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's what he's playing. <laughs> um, do you have the set list in front of you? Do you want to read it off? I do. He, uh, so he opened with accidents will happen, which I think is, I think he's opening with that most nights yeah. on this tour. Uh, then he did um, Man Out of Time. Um, and then he did, uh, which was, I think, maybe your biggest surprise of the night, was uh, he did uh, Hedy O'Hara Confidential, which is from Hey Clock Face. Yeah, that's an album that I make fun of because I think it's terrible. And I loved that song so much live. And I leaned over and I said, what album's that from? And you go, it's from Clock Face. I go, no, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That was that was I think that was the highlight for me. It's so weird, but I really thought that was cool. Yeah, really theatrical. Yeah. The way he did it. Mm-hmm. Uh loved it. Uh then he did Green Shirt. Um watching the detectives, Veronica. So he's he's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of the hits. He's making people happy mm-hmm. right up front. Yep. And then he does uh Farewell Okay, which is the opening track from The Boy Named If, the new mm-hmm. record. Which is a great album. Um and then he did the title track right after that, Boy Named If. Um, he did a song called We Are All Cowards Now, which is from Hey Clockface. So he did yeah, two. And I don't think I, I don't know if I like that one that much. Um I have to listen to Clockface again. Yeah, though. you gotta listen to it again. Even though you say in the discography it's near the bottom. It yeah, but I'm 
I'm, you know, near the bottom is still like good. It's still way above you know, anything almost else. Anything okay. else. Because by the way, uh, let's preface this with this is Kevin's favorite artist. Yeah, right. yeah. Elvis is my number one favorite. You don't travel uh, from Chicago, and actually, you came from North Carolina the whole way across the country uh-huh. to see Elvis. Okay, That's right. Yeah, keep going. Uh, next, he did a song called "Tipsy Woman," and he did a um, he told this whole story about going to vintage record stores mm-hmm. in downtown Salt Lake City. Um, I guess there's two, a couple really good ones, and. Um, talked about you know finding some great records and finding this uh, this obscure old uh, R and B forty five and he talked about the A side and then he talked about this song as the B side. He and, told a big lie, is what he did. And so we hear the song and then when I I get back last night and when the set list finally comes up, I use the uh, the Elvis Costello wiki, which is very comprehensive and fancy. Uh, everything is linked, and so if I click on Tipsy Woman. It tells me that that is actually written by Elvis Costello. <laughs> so it's a new song that he's written and they've been doing on the tour. And um, it's not an old Soul 45 that he found in Salt Lake City. Uh, he did did um, he did a song called The Man You Love to Hate. He told a cool story about um, a wrestler back in the UK with the same last name McManus. as McManus yeah. as him. And did pe- people asked a lot of times if uh, they were related Asked his grandmother, and she would uh, she would not like that because right. her family was fine and upstanding young people. Exactly. Um, he did hand in hand, which is from this year's model. I think that was maybe the yeah that was a, a deep cut that for was the a super deep, fans. A deep cut for the super fans. Um, he did a song called "What If I Can't Give You Anything But Love," which is from the new record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's maybe one of my favorite songs from the new album, and sounded great. Um, I don't want to go to Chelsea. Magnificent Hurt, which is also from the new record, and then then he went into the final stretch of the sh- of the night, which is like hit after hit after hit. He does he does pump it up. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? This is when Nick Lowe had been coming out. Yes, uh, and there but, were two mics there, so we yeah, it was we a, thought Nick was going to come a big, out. A big tease, and then he did Allison, and so you're thinking, well, that's it, that's it. He does he did his two signature songs, and he's out of here. And they actually did. Uh, walk off the stage. Yeah. Um, but then they came back and I, I will. So from where I was sitting, I could see the wings mm-hmm. and before the show started, I, I saw Elvis and the band yeah. kind of walking around. So I knew they were coming out soon. So I had seen this guy in the wings in like a suit and a, you know, white open collar shirt. Yeah. But I, he was too far away for me to tell who he was. And he I looks knew like it. director, uh, Tata Watiki. <laughs> kind of kind a little of. bit. Yeah. And I, but I knew it wasn't Nick Lowe and, and, but in my head, I'm thinking, well, we're in, we're in greater Los Angeles. Yeah. So like, someone's coming. Could out. be some, you know, who knows? Yeah. It could be someone um, big. And, and it was, but not, in this country not in this country so a guy named uh fito paez who's mm-hmm. a huge star in argentina um a guy named luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> he comes out and does radio radio in espanol but it was fun it was a lot of fun so elvis has uh, put a, a record out last year called spanish model which is basically this year's model uh, it's the backing tracks but they stripped the vocals and used all these spanish speaking artists to do new versions in Spanish language. It's it's a lot of fun. And so this guy was part of that. So he does radio radio. Now, let me ask you something. Let yep. me just interrupt. Yep. Do you like when people will like take a, a song we know in English and change it to Spanish? 
curious. Is that something you uh, appreciate? Folks, if we ignore him, eventually he'll stop doing it. <laughs> smile on your face. Yeah, I mean, you can deny, you can pretend like it's annoying, but it still makes you smile. It gets to you. Uh, yeah. So anyway, David Lee Roth Christmas album. That's what I want. Oh God. <laughs> now, in Spanish. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> All right, keep going. Uh, and then he closed with "I Want You," uh, which was like, which is a weird closer because I feel like you close on a rocker. That's my opinion. Yeah, I could see that. I think the thing with I Want You, and I I really like the song. And, I do too. And was super excited to but hear it. It's is, almost seven minutes on the studio version. Yeah. And he, it's a long version live too. Yeah. But there's a there's a way he does it, and even the studio version where it it has this, it's you know, it's a very intense song. Um, and then the way it, it ends, just there's sort of this like dramatic slow mm -hmm. ramp down it kind of feels like the way to sort of like wrap up the night it's almost like we're gonna bring this down you know instead of having you high energy and wanting more he was like i'm really done guys we're kind of we're winding down i get it i get i know. get what you're saying now that um, makes sense but yeah i mean i would not have been upset if he had been like hey let's come out and do two more but yeah he had played at that point for just over two hours yeah um i i I think, you know, listen, it's it's not a Springsteen, Springsteen show. No. It was... Uh, Two hours is solid. It's great. Solid for anyone. Mm -hmm. um, we have cocktails going tonight. Uh, the uh, They're both with cranberry juice. Cran apple, actually. Yeah. Because we're fancy. It's very fancy. I have the uh, the Cheap Trick promoted rockin' vodka with my um, cran apple. And what mm -hmm. do you have in you? You didn't want the vodka. You're like, you're like, turn your nose up at vodka. Like, uh, vodka. <laughs> vodka. That's what we were drinking in college. Yeah, totally. So you had, your head, what do you have in your So I have the, I have the Sammy Hagar beach bar rum. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And it's very, it's very, it's very tropical. It, yeah. I mean, I, I look for little umbrellas, but I guess you're all out. We actually have them down at the Tiki bar outside, but that just gets, you're just going to poke an eye out with an umbrella. <laughs> it's just for show. You don't drink with it in there. You don't? Do you? I don't know. I don't know. You can leave it in if you have one, a little cocktail straw, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> All right, so let's do it. Let's start. We have uh, how many albums? Like eight? There are. Um, don't name them, just count them. There are 11. 11 albums. Yes. All right. And you picked two songs off each. I think I picked one song off each, although there's a double album, and I think I picked two off that because it deserves some some more discussion mm -hmm. but um yeah you got 26 songs on your list i got 17 on my list so we'll see what happens okay cool. i mean i'll play all your songs i might not play all my songs we'll see how it's going we'll see how it goes we are 19 minutes in okay which pisses people off why should there be talk before it <laughs> right why should yeah do who, you mind who so cares I, who these people are? i have people email me that why don't you guys just get to the music i think part of the fun of the show is just the talk, especially if someone like Murray hasn't been here for, mm -hmm. you know, two months of episodes. You want to get caught up. You want to let the people know what he's been doing or what we've been doing or just fun stuff that we've whatever. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I think the reason the reason why I, I got into this podcast to begin with is because it just sounds like friends sitting around talking about music. Like it's not a I mean, there's there'll be nerd talk yeah. tonight. I'm sure there yeah. often is. Uh but it's more about it's you know it's just people talking about something that's really important to them and and 
music is the universal language. Yeah. And I, I, to me, it's like, yeah. And that's the magic trick of the show because I hate those people. Right. The co-host. Absolutely. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, Yuck. I mean, I you barely, you barely said three words to me since I got here. Oh, that is a lie. I've been <laughs> Kevin's ears are ragged from me blabbering. The thing is, I know that I'm doing it. Now, that doesn't make it better. Right. But I know I'm doing it. Well, you can't it. help yourself. <laughs> so much so that Kevin left today and didn't come back for like seven hours. <laughs> That's true. Kevin, where are you going? Kevin, Kevin. Oh, no, he must not have heard me with his hands cupped over his ears right. as he ran down the driveway. <laughs> All right. First album is credited to just Elvis Costello. Mm -hmm. No attractions. No attractions. We got a band called Clover backing him up. Yep. And those people will become the news. Yep. With a, in that novelty band, Huey Lewis and the News. Right. They think, make those videos and those <laughs> wacky songs. I think really just <coughs> one guy that played on My Aim is True ended up in the news. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Sean mean, Hopper? Was that him? Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, Clover turned into the news for sure, but yeah. like Huey was not, Huey does not play on this album. He didn't, uh, I don't know, he couldn't get a visa, I guess, to, <laughs> to get over to the UK to record. Uh, and this is a solid debut mm -hmm. for sure. Yep. What, do you know what the deal is with the different cover, colored covers? Like some, uh, there's a black and white photo of them, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's tinted yellow behind them. Sometimes it's tinted green behind them. Is there a reason for that? Uh, the black and white one was the UK release. The um, yellow is the American yellow release. Yellow is the American release. Signed and, on my wall. Thank you, Elvis. Uh, very nice. Uh, you, tried, you tried to oh, get a That's one more thing. Night, I, yeah. had a, I had two albums with me last night. I had uh, King of America, and I had a copy of My Aim is True. And... Um, Right when they were taking their bow, I moved one row up and I held them up with my Sharpie and Elvis looked towards me, but nope. He wasn't into it. Wasn't into it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you got to try because I've done, it's ha I, I've done that before at the stage and you just don't know how people are feeling. Yeah. And it was, there was no, I mean, we were at the edge of the stage the edge it, of the there stage. was no like walkway right. or nothing. Yeah, barricade he could have just came over. You know, oh, Hey, yeah, let me do yeah. that. But that's fine. He didn't. I have his autograph, and and we didn't bother waiting either. We right. just came home because yeah. we're like Nick Lowe. We're old. We're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. My aim is true. What do you got? What song do you got first? What do you want to tell us about this album? When did you first buy it? What's it mean to you? Where's it rank when you're listening of all the Elvis albums? All that stuff. Is it huh? in the top five? Uh, it's it's not in my top five. It's mm -hmm. not in my top five. It's actually because uh, I knew you we were going to ask that question, so I did rank them all. I have it ranked as ten out of eleven, um, but but not because I don't like it. I just think that, that seems way low to me. He just uh, oh, it's in, I just it, is it because it's it it's hasn't not quite overplayed, but it's well, no, I think it's more that he hasn't quite found his sound yet okay um there's definitely a, a this, this sounds really weird there's a mix of genres which i think is one of the reasons i like him so much mm -hmm. is because he plays in a lot of different genres but i do think that your your first album you know needs to be a statement and while it it was and there's certainly memorable songs on it i think when you look at it in the context of what's coming up mm -hmm. it falls down the list some for me okay I love it. I mean, I, I still, you know, I, I still listen to it quite often. I love almost every song yeah. on it, but for whatever reason, it's more that the other ones have a greater connection for me than this one does rather than this being, you know, 
if I started looking at the entire discography, yeah. it's not going to start falling further down. Right. Like that still puts it in the top echelon. So, a debut album that makes a statement. I'll throw one out and you see if you agree with me. Um, that one right there. The first Pretenders album. Yep. That makes a statement. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's a, you know, they have a consistent voice in that record. Like, you know, exactly, you, you know what they're going to sound like. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in a lot of ways you, you get that from my aim is true because you, because you get the kind of eclectic mix, right. then you're like, Oh, this guy is going to be, he's, he's going to be a lot of different things. What, what ends up happening is when he puts the attractions together, they become this really tight, awesome, they become a band rock band. Um, which I think makes the the records coming up stronger. All right. So your first song is, from is my, not on the record. <laughs> so. And this is what, excuse me for coffee. And this is what, um, this is what I found interesting about your list is, uh, you have some songs that are on the, the, um, the Rhino records, two disc mm-hmm. sets. Yep. You picked some that were on the bonus disc. Yeah. I mean, I think, and how did you know that I would have those songs? Uh, well, you, you, sent them <laughs> oh i sent the files to you <laughs> you said some i mean i had them already okay. but i think you sent them out to some folks um but i well i don't think i did that that's mm. file sharing and uh <laughs> lars ulrich will be at my uh, uh oh door. yeah well strike that okay um so what's well, the song it's weird that you you pick a song that's not on the first album but it's from the same sessions it's no it's not even from the same sessions well, this, this doesn't make any and sense and it's not even it's technically not even an elvis costello song all right it's uh, it's by a band called Flip City, which is the band that that DP McManus was in before Elvis Costello existed. Right. <laughs> but I, uh, hey, listen, I think it's a good way to kick off. This is what this is what he sounded like when he got a record deal, and it's just interesting to hear what he ends up sounding like when he actually puts this record out. And what's the name of the song? It's Imagination Is a Powerful Deceiver. Let's do it on Rock Solid. Rock Solid exclusive. Why a light imagination is a powerful deceiver When you try to believe her just a little too much The imagination is a powerful deceiver I'll go out of my mind if I'm losing your touch nice song now i have to admit i haven't listened to those disc number twos yet at all and i don't know that i i don't know when i will when am i gonna do that (laughs) there's so much music to listen to there's just not there's just not time to do it all well you should make time for elvis oh well that's true (laughs) well i'm look i'm doing the work i'm putting the work in on iron maiden uh, senjutsu oh no (laughs) so uh stephen kirsch will be so mad at me he'll fire me if i don't put the work in on that Okay, speaking of work, my first song is the opening track. And I find that on these first on these albums, he kills it with the opening track. Yep. Almost every time. Immediately you're like, whoa, what's this? So this is a one minute and twenty-three second ditty called Welcome to the Working Week. All you gotta tell me now is why, 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 why Welcome to the working week Oh, I know it don't thrill you I hope it don't give 
While Loverboy is working for the weekend, he's embracing the working week. He's happy to be employed. Oh, I don't think that's what he's saying. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I believe it is. I think he's he's he loves um, working for the man. Oh yeah, absolutely. He loves about being told what to do. Mm-hmm. It's all there. It's right in the song. It's right in the lyrics. I don't know what you're hearing. Yeah, he worked for uh, he worked for Estee Lauder um, prior to uh, prior to becoming a rock star. He was like a he was like an early computer guy. Oh, I thought maybe they tested the cosmetics on him, like a, a lab rat. <laughs> right. Isn't that what they did? But All I guess right. he had I guess he had tons of time like working on their uh working on their early computers at night to write songs and um that sort of thing. So um yeah. All right. What's your uh, what's your next song? So uh the next one is uh even though I I just said that's not one of my favorite albums, <laughs> this is actually my favorite song of his. And he played this last night. Uh, he did not play this last night. Oh, that's right. He had a red hat on stage. And red... I said, oh, maybe he's going to... Is this when, for when he sings, the angels want to wear my red hat? <laughs> no. But no. That. You're right. He didn't play this song. He didn't He didn't play it. So I feel like this should be a staple. It should. So uh, so I told you I, I would tell a story about the song. So here's the story. Hold on. Let me turn your mic down. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I, uh, I, I texted my wife last night a picture of where we were sitting. And she said, have fun. Which is that your first wife? My first wife. Um, She said, have fun. I hope his amp goes out. (laughs) So here's the story. Why would she say that? So we went to see him at the Beacon Theater in New York back in maybe 2002, 2003, something like that. And uh, it's when he was on uh, the When I Was Cruel tour. Okay. First tour of the Imposters. And... One song into the show, the PA blows, goes out for the theater, for the, yeah, their amps, everything are out. So, and you could hear where well, you could hear crackling. So the tech guys come out, they start plugging things in, they start back up again. It goes out. Wow. So he walks to the front of the stage, grabs an acoustic guitar, walks to the front of the stage and sings this song. And the theater is dead silent while he's singing it all right except for the parts that you know are are kind of like the call and response yeah everyone sings along with those parts but you know you go to these shows and there's the yahoos in the audience that are like play allison right nobody did it it was like the most respectful audience and and so i i love the song that moment was unbelievable um, I mean, it just, and his voice is so strong. He just came out, sang it with no amplica- amplification. Wow. Uh, and it was magnificent. Right. So here it is. We're not even going to tell you what it is. You'll hear it. You're dancing away I look at fractured in the echo and 
sometimes I get uh, caught up in the song, and then I don't want to. I don't want to fade it down. I don't want to stop it. Yeah, I just looked up the set list. So he he opened that night with forty five, which is from when oh, I was. Oh, I love that song. Uh, and it's the, on the set list. It says P A died in the middle, and then he went to do mystery dance. And the note says, PA not working. <laughs> and then he went to do Clubland, cut short due to PA. And then Angels Want to Wear My Red Shoes, solo acoustic with no microphone. And then how long until they got the... Um, and, and so why, while, he was, while he was singing it, there's people running around behind him and they, they, they get it all. And from what I remember, it was maybe just a couple more minutes. And then he, uh, he uh, went into Accidents Will Happen. And then that was... Nice. And that was the rest of the I show. have a similar story. I saw a band... Uh, they opened for Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, and it was a duo. They were called the Costello Brothers. Mm. And um, the PA went out, and uh, they, they went into this uh, ditty, which everyone loves. Oh, I want to count you ten now, but it's something I can do. Because I don't have all the numbers. No, I'm monster winning in my red too. And when I heard him shout, cowabunga. That's when I knew that my kind of was through And I can count anyhow And now the monster went and ate my rib too And then his twin brother, Costello too He was watching what I counted to one I was smiling because counting so much fun But he took my two and then he ate it for his lunch Now my counting's over before it's begun How can you not love that? Oh, it's cute it's my it's one of my favorite songs ever <laughs> and he's just he's just butchering it <laughs> for the children well good for them hope hopefully those kids grew up to become elvis costello fans. i'm sure they did i'm sure they did all right so that concludes the 1977 debut my aim is true yep let's move on to this year's model which would you agree is a sophomore surge absolutely yeah. So the biggest thing that happens is he puts the attractions together. He he fires Elmo. Mm-hmm. Yep. He him and Cookie Monster have a falling out. Right. And then he puts the attractions together. Yeah. Clover says, We have a harmonica player we want to bring in for the next session. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, That's it. Get out. <laughs> so this year's model, mm-hmm. what do you got for us? Nineteen seventy eight. Okay, and these are produced by Nick Lowe. Yeah, these albums. Yeah, the first five albums are all produced by Nick Lowe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, 1978. This is on Radar Records in the UK. Columbia Records in the US. Mm-hmm. And there's some minor variations on album covers with this one too. Yeah, th- this is a cool album cover because uh, it it's it sort of looks like the a con- you know like a, a contact sheet or whatever you call it. Like, exactly, like the colors on the side. The like colors the are on the code. side, and then actually uh, the title's cut off, so it actually says his year's mode yeah. instead of this year's model. Right. Because it's it's like cut off, and it says like Ilvis Costell or whatever yeah. <laughs> instead yeah. of... So the attractions are not credited on the cover of the album, but they're playing on it. All right, and so the first track that we're going to play is You Belong to Me, um, which is just... An absolute rocker. All right, here we go.
Great tune, but are you ready, Kevin? Are you ready for title fight? Get ready to vote, people. Oh no. Oh no. It is a battle royale as oh no. The Groover from Vancouver oh, just jumped in the ring. Please no. Oh, Brian Adams just got thrown out of the ring. Okay. That was terrible. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's Brian Adams, so it's bad. Uh, you're not. You're not going to do the uh, Patty Page uh, one from the early fifties. Don't have that one. I I have two other. I have I have uh, I have a Ringo song called "You Belong to Me" from "Stop and Smell the Roses." I have a Steve Perry song called "You Belong to Me" from his uh, comeback album "Traces." album was saying one word at a time i believe <laughs> and then put together by dr frankenstein oh my god put brian adams back on <laughs> well you know we could do we could do this fine fine lady i can't cue it up well carly simon's you belong to me is pretty great all right moving on moving on uh, do i have a song off this album sure i do Sure, I do. From this year's model, I believe I went with the opening track, No Action, because it's just killer. Like, when I was looking through to pick songs, I'd be like, okay, what do we got? Oh, okay, that's my my pick. Yep. Great drumming. I'm not a telephone junkie. These first four or five albums have these punchy little two to three minute mm-hmm. uh, rock songs that are just fantastic. But, you know, after you do that so much, you know, you have to, he wanted to change it up. I could see where he would get tired of writing these. No, I'm not tired of listening to them, no. but I could see it as a creative person. Well, it, it doesn't feels, want to keep doing that. Yeah. He can always go back to that well, which he does sometimes. Yeah, he, do, he definitely does. Without it, having that define his entire sound. Yeah. I feel like there's been several points in his career where 
it, you know, he'll put a new record out and it's hyped as his return to rock. Yeah. That's it. That is with so many artists. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, and rarely is it, you know, hold up to these type of albums. Oh yeah, for sure. But I you mean, know, he, you know, like I would say when I was cruel was definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. And that was after he had kind of, you know, he'd been doing the Burt Bacharach thing right. and, um, and then you know he put a new band together, yeah, um, and and did a st- and then Boy Named If is kind of the same thing. I yeah, mean, the last couple albums have have you know not been straight ahead rock records, and I think he wanted. But Boy um, Named If is is pretty close. It's very yeah, very much so. <coughs> not necessarily two minute long tracks, but uh, a lot of punchy and a great opening track. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. awesome. Forgive me for the coughing. I'm not going to go through this two hour and 15 minute show and take out all the coughs. I'm just not. <laughs> all right. We are back to your list for this year's model. Yeah. Um, another one, another one of my favorites of his, which he did sing last night. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. This, uh, this song is not on the, not on the U S version of the record. Hmm. Um, I think they replaced it with, they might've put girls talk on, all right. um, on the u.s version instead of this but it's a classic it's it's one everybody knows it's i don't want to go to chelsea Chelsea's a part of town. It's not a lady. Right? right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of London. So yeah, this says the US release dropped I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea in Night Rally and added Radio Radio to close side two. All right. All right. And I have uh you mentioned it, so I'll just play it because it's on my list. I have girls talk. tune i like that song did uh did nick Lowe write that song is that an elvis original elvis wrote it uh dave edmonds probably had the more popular version and linda ronstadt did it right uh i'm typing it in here i got a dave edmonds version i have a linda ronstadt version from mad love i have matthew sweet and suzanne hoffs do a version of it and uh one of my favorite bands of all time does this version. See if you can guess who this band is. Five, 
Slayer. Don't you talk any louder. <laughs> don't come any closer. Don't come any nearer. My big love of you can't come any clearer. That's the knack, people. What record is that from? It's from a greatest hits album that came out in 1998 called Proof, and they recorded like five um, covers for that album, and uh, they're all good. They're all good covers. You know, it's not out of it's not stuff out of their wheelhouse, but you know, it's yeah. good stuff. Good yeah, versions. Yeah, Linda Ronstadt did three three Elvis songs. Yeah, she did Allison didn't on she? Matt. Well, so she did Allison mm-hmm. on um, is that on Living in the USA maybe, mm-hmm. and. Um, Elvis didn't like the version she did. Hmm. So he said, can I send you some other songs that I, and she ended up putting three of his songs on Mad Love. So she does Party Girl. This is her doing Girls Talk. talk. Pretty great. Yeah. And that was like her new wave album. Yeah. That's a great album. Yeah. All right. Cool. I like that he just didn't like you know, fuck Linda Ronstadt. He like said, hey, I'd love you to do some of my songs. Yeah, maybe there's some other do ones these. That, that fit better. Mm-hmm. All right, whose turn is it now? I forget. Uh, that's I did my two from that. And I did mine, no action. So now we're on to Armed Forces, 1979, still produced by Nick Lowe. Yep. And your first song on the list is a song you played last night. Yep, he played this one last night. Uh, yeah, this is 1979, also on Radar Records. Columbia. Um, this is my this is my second favorite of his. Have we heard your first favorite? Yet? We have not. So, Armed Forces is your f- second favorite Elvis Costello album. Yes, and this album has two different covers. Yep, got yep. one with the elephant on it, mm-hmm. and it's got one that looks like uh, I don't know, I'm going to say Jackson Pollock. It's not, it's, but something yeah, like that. Right, kind splatter art. Splatter art. Yeah, that was the that was the U.S. cover. <laughs> the elephants is the U.K. cover. The elephants is better. You th- I like the, I like the splatter art better. I'm gonna, be the, I'm gonna be the guy that backpedals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, no, no. I do like the elephants, but I don't know. I like what was released first, the UK, the UK one. I think would have come first. I always prefer. Yeah. I always prefer what the original album cover was supposed to be. That's just me. Okay, green shirt. Green shirt. Neither one of us wore a green shirt last night. There's a smart young woman on a light blue screen who comes into my house every night. She takes all the red, yellow, orange, and green. I feel like he did this song a little different last night, live version. Yeah. A little, little slowed down. Yeah. But you tease, you flirt, and you shine all the buttons on your green shirt. You can please yourself, but somebody's gonna get it. Better cut off all identifying labels before they put you on the touch table. Green shirt. It's a great tune. I think that's been played before. I think we did an episode called The Laundry Basket where we just played songs that had articles of clothing in uh. them, which is great because it can be ties, hats, shoes, boots, so many. We could do that again. I did have a green shirt on last night. Did you? I think about it. I mean, like my t-shirt was green. I had a shirt. You had a shirt over the t-shirt. But my t- But I wasn't thinking that no. when I put it on. Subconsciously. Yeah. I knew what I was doing. You did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I chose... Now, look, there's a song in this album that 
he said he's not going to play anymore. Yes, there is. Oliver's Army. Right. Which I love that song. Yeah. But he says the N-word in it. He does. And so he's choosing not to sing that song anymore. Right. Don't you think he could replace that word with something else and still sing the song? I mean, he's a, he's a songwriter. He's a creative person. He's a smart person. Yeah, and I think he did for a while. Mm-hmm. I think there was like a different lyric he, he came up with. At the time, he came up with a new lyric that was supposed to be like a statement on censorship. Mm-hmm. Like he was sort of standing his ground yeah. in a way of using the word. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to hear him explain it, it's not it's it's not used in the context that it's used in the U.S. It's used in a, sort of a different context, but it, it's a loaded word. And I, I think it's, it's a totally probably, loaded word. I think it's the right thing to say, you know what? Like he's written 600 some songs. <laughs> I'm just not going to do that one anymore. Well, let me tell you something. When you were gone today for six hours gallivanting around <laughs> doing whatever you were doing, I went into the studio and I laid down some vocals and I fixed this song. Oh boy. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I got 36 seconds. We're, we're going to hear the section that he doesn't sing anymore, but it's fixed now. Okay. So everything's good. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Get ready. There was a check on Charlie. He didn't crack a smile, but it's no fantastic wow seamless i mean i seamless i sounded like him i I levelated it i mean are you are you sure you didn't was he here look (laughs) did he swing by when i was out he was in the garage and he's like when he kept texting me when's kevin leaving uh yeah does the word singer work and does it work i mean it no it doesn't really work in the context of what he's Hmm. talking about i'm just feeling i'm not even concerned with the context i'm just putting another uh, word in there let's let's check it Like it works. I gotta be honest. I can't. Uh, I can't differentiate between his voice and my voice. It's that unbelievable. It is seamless. It's just. It's uncanny, really. Uh, I mean, I don't even want to. I mean, how do I play another song after I've played that? But uh, I'm gonna go with accidents will happen. The bass is good. That jerk. stuff yeah great great song opening track opening track last night yeah so good yeah 
Bruce Thomas, great bassist, apparently terrible human being. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you have another song off Armed Forces. I'm sorry, I played two in a row. Yeah, no, no, that's totally fine. Uh, This one is... uh, This is... This one's a real deep cut. It's uh, according to the Elvis Costello wiki. Mm -hmm. He's only performed it live four times. You know what? I've seen him three times in concert. He played it twice. Wow. I don't believe you. He didn't. (laughs) Uh, This is called Senior Service. And what's this about? Uh, So Senior Service is a, a brand of cigarettes. It was the brand of cigarettes preferred by Nick Lowe. So I think that's where Wow. Where he got the idea, and also the preferred brand of James Bond. <laughs> Senior <laughs> service? Is that true? Is the James Bond thing true? It's true. It's absolutely true. I've never smoked anything. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? I have. That's gross, Kevin. It is Why gross. would you do it? I haven't. I mean, it's is it because you were drunk and you I, just did it? I gave it up over 30 years ago. Well, I grew, oh, you were a smoker? I was a smoker, yeah. I Well, I grew up in North Carolina. It's like they give you a pack of cigarettes when you That's start true, first right? grade. Yeah. <laughs> Raleigh is a brand of cigarettes, right? It is. It absolutely is. Wow. Yeah. They probably told you it was good for you. Well, yeah, you know, builds up your immunity or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All right, here we go. Senior service. Uh, I wouldn't know this song. I don't know it. Just from the title, I don't know it. So let's find out if I know it from hearing it. Kevin, behind me, I've pulled the curtain back. Literally, I'm pulling the curtain back on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Uh, and Kevin, you can see these are all these are all the rock bios that I own. I see those. Now I haven't read all of them. Mike Siegel's probably read more of these. Well, he definitely has read yeah. more of them. Yeah. But I, but I kind of collect them. I kind of like them, and I feel like rock bios are great because you can just pick them up and drop in anywhere, or mm-hmm. you can go to the index and go, oh, I want to read about when they recorded "Tattoo You" or right. whatever. Yep. Does uh. Does Elvis Costello have a autobiography? He does. Uh, he does indeed. When did that come out? That came out maybe about 10, 10 years and ago. And you obviously read it. Yeah, I just read it again. All right. Does uh, it hold up? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know. It's still about Elvis Costello. Yes, right. absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's... it's um, I'm, I'm, is it called Unfaithful Music? Unfaithful Music. All right, I'm looking it up right now on Faithful Music and Unfinished. Uh, shoot, I should know all this off the top of my head. Right? It's okay. I, I'm I, I'm springing it on you. It's not fair. You know, you're Unfaithful Music and Disappearing Ink. All right, now, okay. So I go to now. I go to Amazon.com. Mm. Yep. Because I don't own this. I'd like to have it up there on my shelf in the seas. Sure. For Costello, not the M's. Uh, for McManus, and I don't think he, is it credited to McManus. It's not. 
I think he's I think he's actually legally changed his name at this point. All right, so I can buy it on paperback for fifteen seventy nine. Okay. Amazon Prime. It'll be mm-hmm. here in a you know a minute, mm-hmm. or I can buy it on hardcover. I like to have the hardcover. You should get the hardcover. It's now the hardcover is eighteen ninety three, or I can buy a used copy. There's eighty eighty used copies for a dollar fifty six. Now, how do I not buy that used copy for a dollar fifty six? It says it's in good condition. Yeah. That one says acceptable. I'm not getting that. That's no, not, that's no good. <laughs> how how is it not in mint condition or very good condition? Like, what is what is that person doing while he's reading the book? Now it says it's going to get here between September 7th and 13th. I'm ordering it right now. I mean, were they drinking coffee while reading it and spilling a little on there? Uh, you know what? Sometimes when people sell stuff used, it might be in perfect condition, but I think. If they put that and then it comes and you're like, hey, there was, you know. Yeah. But if you put good and then it comes and it's great, you're like, great. Oh, this is great. Yeah. All right. Proceed- um, Hold on. I'm proceeding to check out. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good book. It's it's not um, like it's not written in chronological order. He mm-hmm. kind of digs into different. Oh, he's ep- kind of being a wise guy. Uh, yeah. He's like bouncing around a little bit, you know, and he goes into some detail about some stories and um and then there's also stretches where he just has like short stories he's written he just plugs it in all right and then it ends up relating to you know a later anecdote that he's he's telling but he he definitely digs in and talks about his relationship with the guys in the band and nick lowe and you know when nick lowe was married to carlene carter who was johnny cash's daughter right how he through that got a relationship with Johnny Cash talks about um this is actually the first my first ever exposure to Elvis Costello was um he was on an HBO special called George it was like George Jones and Friends okay um and it's like when George Jones was like came out of rehab for alcoholism and they did this concert and invited you know it was like Tammy Wynette was there and Chris Christopherson and Elvis Costello. And I, you know, I, I, I think this was like 1979, 1980. So I'm 10, 11 years he old. He did prefer black. So he fits in with these people, <laughs> you know, he would, he would wear black clothing yeah, a lot. Yeah. 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 But I just remember thinking, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and he's got the glasses and yeah, he's very strange looking back the then. hat, but he's, you know, he sings, he's singing country songs yeah. and we're going to hear more in, in a little bit. But I, I remember thinking, like, I don't, I don't know who that is, and why you know, is he here? He seems he out here. of place. But in the in the book, you you find out that like he's and and obviously through some of the music he ends up doing, he's a huge country fan. Yeah. He, you know, has a song called "Stranger in the House" that George Jones ends up covering, and um, it's probably the best day of his life when his uh, mm-hmm. hero covered his song. Yep. Wasn't like when that Ronstadt chick covered Allison, <laughs> right? Did that bullshit version. He was like, "What the fuck is this?" Here's three better songs. My grand total for that book six dollars and seven cents. Is Excellent. it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. Now, when I get that book, I'll take pictures of it and uh, we'll see if it's in good condition or if it's in better than good. Yeah, let's see. I bet it's very good. I'm sure it's. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Um, I saw Slim Jim Phantom open up for The Fix just a couple weeks ago. And he was selling his autobiography there, hardback. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll get that and I can get him to sign it, which would have been easy because he just walked around the, the room during the fixes. Yeah. Uh, but he wanted 40 bucks for it. So 
I was going to buy it there and get him to sign it, but 40 bucks seemed high. So I went on Amazon just there at the concert yeah. to see if I could get a hardback. Like a buck. <laughs> so I just bought, I'm like, eh, I'll get him to sign it sometime. Right. But I'm not paying 40 bucks. And the, and the $40 version wasn't signed. Like, how is he not just signing those? Well, that yeah, that was my question was, were, were they, were they signed or was it just assumed that he was going to sign any? I th- you would any, think they would just be signed. You would think if he had a bunch of books to sell, he would just sign 10 of them. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's quite a markup. <laughs> Sometimes guys that beat drums for a living aren't smart. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> All right. We're moving on. Correct. To a double album. Uh, no, it's not a double album. What? Aren't, get happy. Not a double album. Oh, you're right. It's got 10 songs on a side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they put, it, The 20 songs makes you think it's a double yeah, album, but and it's they're, not. And they're all very short. Yeah. You're they, right. They Sorry. absolutely push the limit of how That's much- why you're here. You're the expert. Of how much, uh, how much music they could fit yeah. on vinyl and, yeah. you know, they crank, cranked up the sound so that it, you know, didn't, so that it wasn't super quiet, but yeah, no, it's a single album. It's obviously a single CD. I mean, if you bought it now, I guess it would be. Oh, uh, it'd be spread out over uh, nine sides. Right. <laughs> it would be uh, half speed mastered and mm. cut with a diamond. And <laughs> well, every every vinyl copy would be a different color, and yeah. it would be a four fold out. Uh, you know, <laughs> super duper this and super duper that. Yep. Whereas I just put my CD in and I push play, and it plays twenty songs in a row, just like that. Just like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, let's go. I, I picked two songs off this too. So yeah, as, as you should, because yes. this is my favorite Elvis Costello ooh, album. Ooh, it's a good one. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's one of my, you know, I don't do these lists, but if I did, I'd say it's yeah. one of my top five. That's kind of more Lamoureux thing. He <laughs> likes to his, rank the, his thing. He, at the, you know, at the drop of a hat, he knows exactly where he's ranked something. I can't, uh, I can't really, I can't rank it like bands unless i do it by i might be able to do it by decade yeah but i can't do like someone's whole catalog like i can tell you oh my favorite bruce springsteen album is the river mm-hmm. you know and born to run i like that maybe second and then but i can't but then when we get down to the nitty-gritty i can't really do it yeah i mean i did it i did it because i knew you would ask so i wanted to be ready with the answer all right cool but it's hard to do it is hard to do i mean i would have told you get happy is my favorite yeah. i mean i've i've known that for for ages as soon as i heard it mm-hmm. and listened to it and but i would even say it's it's one of my five favorite records period of all time it gets you know what it gets hard with when you try to rank it like i could i can do like the top three and i can definitely do what's at the bottom but the middle is just tricky for it me. is yeah and i i found that when i was ranking yeah. these i i would shift some up and down and i'd say well that one you know like uh well, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but my least favorite of his has probably one of my favorite songs on it. And so that's like, but I love that song, but the yeah. rest of the album isn't as good. But I, I tell you, if he ever, if he, if he ever announces a show where he's going to do this in its entirety, I don't care where it is. I'm going. Well, I hope it's at Thousand Oaks and I hope there's <laughs> second row tickets. That would be okay. great. What's your first uh, song? Uh, my first one is... Uh, it's uh, the attractions are not on this. It's just him playing all the instruments. Uh, it's New Amsterdam, but the album is credited to Elvis Costello. Credited the to attractions. Elvis Costello. The but they maybe they, they were out for lunch and he had a creative burst, or maybe they were making their their record, their record, <laughs> the <laughs> attractions record. That's right. All right, here we go. New Amsterdam, right? That's the one. All right. 
favorite Elvis Costello album. Do I? Yeah, hey. fucking Clockface. <laughs> fucking Clockface. Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> fucking Clockface. Hey, Clockface. <laughs> uh, John Lamoro, rank all the Elvis Costello albums because there's like 40 of them. Yes. I yes. mean, with all the side projects, mm-hmm. th- this, okay. So we do a, a lot of people on Twitter that follow Rock Solid. We do an album a day for 2022, 2020, whatever the year is. Yep. And um, I'm doing discographies this year, mm-hmm. just studio album discographies. And I've been put off by, like, I'm like, maybe I'll do Elvis Costello. And then I'm like, there's a lot of stuff that in the middle and these side projects that I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. It's too daunting. There's, there's a lot. Well, you can, you know what I mean? Like I have done some long discographies, like Melissa Etheridge has 16 albums and, you know, Sticks has like 15, but I just like I like I thought I'll do Elton John, but man, there's like 32 Elton John albums. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to go that. I don't think I want to do that deep into it. Yeah, I mean, you could do um, with Elvis. You you could do the one, what would be considered you know like official studio releases, right? And, you know, not do and not have to do like the Bronski album or well, his... that's a that's official. No, you oh. you're in. You got to do that one. What about that one with uh, what's his name? Tri- Truce, what's his name? Not not Trousseau. Burt Bacharach? No, he did an album with Oh, him. Al, oh Alan, Alan Tr- Toussaint. Toussaint, yeah. yeah. Do, do I have to listen to that one? That's fantastic. Why uh, wouldn't you listen to it? But do I it? have to? Yeah. If I do the discography, yeah, that's, that's on, one that I have to that's, do. That's one you have to do. And I got I to gotta do that uh, the Kojak album. <laughs> <laughs> that's also good. What's it called? Kojak Variety. Kojak Variety. Um, yeah, I just, it's just, it gets daunting for me. Well, the good news is that all these early records are short. True. They're like half an hour. True. So you could, you know, you could bang out like several in a day. Like for McCartney, like I could just do the Wings albums because that's a separate entity. Right. But there's Wings. There's Paul McCartney and Wings. Well, yeah, I would anything that had Wings in the title because <laughs> yeah, okay. I think they just changed the title. It's still that. Right. You know, like I could do The Who. They got nine, ten albums. The Beatles have like nine albums. Mm-hmm. But, um, you could do Elvis Costello and the Attractions albums. I could do that. Well, it seems like a cheat. I don't know. It's <laughs> difficult. Okay. My first song off of the wonderful album called Get Happy with two exclamation points is High Fidelity. Is that the first one on the album? It might be since I picked it. No, it's not. Yeah. 
I don't think Elvis ever shit the bed on the album cover artwork. All the album covers are always kind of cool. This one's really cool because it's got the... Uh, it's got a watermark like your drink was sitting on it. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Speaking um, of drinks, I, I, my drink's done and I don't feel I like... I was just thinking, what do we what do? We do? I mean, I can I, we can play a song. I can play. I can put "Stairway to Heaven" on, and we can go make some drinks. <laughs> right. That's. Um. I can. I'll just. Bring, I can bring the stuff. But my drink wasn't even that strong. There's. Is that what vodka is? It's not that strong. It's not that strong. Well, actually, it it's, could. It could be, because it doesn't really have its own taste. Yeah. So it's masked under the. So I just feel like I just drink some grape, some cranberry juice. Yeah. It's stealthy. It'll sneak up on you. All right. Let me chug this. <laughs> uh oh. That's the noise I make when I drink. Now, normally when I take a sip, I turn my mic off. Let me take another drink. (laughs) Delicious. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. All right, what's your next song off Get Happy? Uh, My next one is Temptation, and uh, this sounds like it was uh, came right out of the back rooms of Motown. Even the title sounds like mm-hmm. they named a band after this song, The Temptations. They absolutely did. Here we go. We both just started to play air bass. And then I stopped because you were better. <laughs> a little bit better than me. I'm also a jerk like Bruce Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Some lyric he drinks so in self-defense <laughs> who is uh i think that's how i drink <laughs> who's a better bass player imposter's bass player or this guy oh man because i that guy last night was killing it he's he's good and and he's he's great on on the recorded stuff too so mm-hmm. it's not like he's yeah you know it's like well one and uh but you know i don't know it's hard to imagine anyone else being in the attractions yeah i mean bruce thomas is good although i mean elvis hates him he he uh we he talked trash about him last night from the stage yeah you know not they, too just just enough for fans to laugh yeah it was it was it was fan service yeah it was fan service definitely uh what did, he said um he's like he said something about you know we used to play that one back in the day you know me and steve and pete and some other guy yeah and it got it got some chuckles yeah, and when they were inducted into the rock, so the attractions were also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and just like the E Street Band. Yep. Um, and well, the Pretenders, but the, but the E Street Band, I mean, not the Pretenders, the Heartbreakers. The E Street Band came later. Bruce was not was inducted solo, and That's then right. they had to like, they had to redo it or or make it right later yeah, on. That was so weird. Same me? thing with the Miracles. Smokey yeah. got in by himself, but not the Miracles. But the attractions got in at the same time. Bruce showed up, gave a short speech, mm-hmm. but then did not play. No with them and elvis said i only play with professionals 
<laughs> What's the story? What did the guy do? What what was the rift? So they, I guess they never really got along. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was an old friend that he mm-hmm. recruited into the band. And I think they always bumped heads. Um, probably because Bruce thought, well, I can write songs too. And like, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe I would like, you know, give, you know, give us a turn, uh, you know, to contribute as well. And um, when they, you know, the, the attractions went on a hiatus for a couple of years okay. or Elvis put them on a hiatus for yeah. a couple of years and just wanted, they were to do, on the dole, right. Wanted to do some different things. And he wrote a, a book, a fiction book that was basically about, Elvis and the attractions and the character that is essentially Elvis. He makes him out to be this horrible person and, you know, uses anecdotes in the book that were true, but he changed like small little details. So they weren't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he couldn't sue him. Exactly. And he, at that point he was, he was done. He was, he was like, I don't want to work with him anymore. And he got convinced to, to bring him back. And the attractions did a couple more albums before they finally, uh, went away. But. Did they did they tour when he came back as the attractions? Yeah. yeah. Did you see any of those shows? Uh no. No. So I never I've never seen Bruce Thomas in concert. I don't see how he could be any better than this new guy is in concert. He's really good. Yeah. He's really good. So who's really know. good? Davy Farragut. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Um I wish I knew what a guy like Charlie Sexton is making per night on the tour. Like that is something that really interests me. Yeah. Like is he making $500 for the night? Is he making $1,000 a night per show, I should say? What What do you think? Do you have any idea? I wish someone could tell me that. No, and it's, does he get paid by show or did they just sign him to a, a deal yeah, to go like, on the tour? This is how many shows we're doing and you're going you're gonna to get uh, 30 grand. And then, you know, when he's on the tour, or do they pay all of his expenses? So yeah, like, they would pay all that, the per yeah. diem, and he'd get per diem and, and hotel, hotel and travel, and travel. He's traveling so with all, them. all that's covered. And so yeah. he's just making either a flat fee or some kind of, you know, I would imagine, I mean, he's a, he's a name. I mean, he's a name. He's not, you know, I mean, he's not like a headliner necessarily. Right. But, but he's not a name like when the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers toured with Dylan as his backing band. Right. I mean, we know who Charlie Sexton is, but. A lot of people don't. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know how much, but I would love to know. I would love to know how that works. Yeah, I bet it's uh Is it a thousand the show? I it seems like it should be more than that, but I, that would be pretty good, right? To play for yeah. two hours and I you know, there's rehearsal time and all yeah, that. But it, but which makes me think maybe he maybe he gets like a you know, a six month contract mm-hmm. and it's like a flat fee and that covers whatever time they need, you know, rehearsal and stage. But like and, if they were doing, listen, if they did 20 d- shows, that's 20 grand. Yeah. And he's just, he's hanging out with these great guys. Sound check's fun. The show's fun. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, you're really getting paid to travel and be away from your family. Yeah. More or less. Well, and you, but when you, when you say 20 shows, 20 grand, that actually starts to not sound like that much. Well, it's 20 days. 20, 20 days so that you figure that that's probably stretches out over two months. Yeah. So then that works out to be hundred like $180,000 a year if you played that yeah. schedule for the entire year. I so, guess that's okay. Yeah. If it went out over two months, it would be 10 grand a month. It would be 2,500 a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to play uh, guitar. Yeah. And look cool. I probably should have learned how to do that. Yeah. I got a guitar when I was 40. I still don't know how to play. Yeah. Well, it's because you don't look cool. 
<laughs> Ain't that the truth? You don't think I'm? I look cool with my uh, <laughs> with the plague of the, zombie plague of the zombies hammer, plague of the zombies T-shirt. It's, that, a, uh, it's a plus up for sure. <laughs> you know who bought this for me? Who? A guy that was unprofessional. <laughs> uh, whose turn is it? I lost my mind. Uh, it is your turn. Yeah, you played Green Shirt and Senior. No, no, you no. played New Amsterdam and Temptation. Temptation. Yes, I played High Fidelity. You did. And now I'm going to play. I can't stand up for falling down. Which is one of the popular ones, I know. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to pass them up sometimes. jump into this next album and you play your first song as soon as i push play i'm gonna go and see how quickly i can make a drink and get back here all right this is exciting it's gonna be fun it's kind of like being on the amazing race it's just you like do it or in an escape room it's just like being in an escape room all right oh we, well you have uh so i have a, I have a slight detour yeah yeah so we'll do away, that we'll away, do that away from his studio records so um well a couple things happened then in 1980, one is the Attractions put out an album without Elvis Costello. So it's just the three of them. And if anyone has a vinyl rip of that, please send it to rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com and I will forward that on to Kevin. Yes. Or if you have an extra copy of the vinyl that you don't want, send it along and we'll do something with it. Or apparently it was released on CD in the UK. So if anyone... even better, if you have the CD, if you're, if you're in another country and you have the CD, I mean, those would be the best files to have. Yeah, absolutely. Better than a vinyl rip. But you don't have listeners in other countries, right? <laughs> Unless these people are putting on fake accents when they do the <laughs> Patreon episodes, I believe they're in other countries. You do. I've mailed prizes to other countries. That's awesome. So unless someone picks it up there and then sends it to Kansas, I don't Maybe. know. Wow. Well, I sent a prize to uh, to Canada today. That's excellent. Yeah, that's running a global enterprise yeah. out of here. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't excellent when I had to pay that twenty one dollars. <laughs> you know, I get something for free to give away, and then it's twenty one bucks to send it. Right. Well, uh, that no, the Patreon money goes back into that. I don't want people. See, I don't want people who are from other countries not to enter the contest. Yes. So that's why that's always a joke when I say that because the Patreon money filters back in and pays for postage to go other places. So please, yeah, I'm just joking. Um, I want you to enter the contest. No, it, it's awesome. I love, I love, uh, no, I love the fact there's listeners from other countries. They comment on the Twitter post sometimes. I got to be honest. The it's first cool. time I got an email or heard someone from another country, I, I was, I was shocked. Yeah. Cause I was just like, how, <laughs> right. how does that, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's, it, but it's very cool. But it's, but it, yeah, the first time I was like, really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's awesome. All right. Here we go. Detour uh, time. Yeah. And so so that happened. So that okay. that record comes out. And then uh they also put out a compilation of singles and B sides that had not been on any of the albums. So this is in the pre 
CD days where you didn't get bonus tracks. And so they would put out a compilation. And that's Taking Liberties? Taking Liberties is what they called it in the US. In, mm-hmm. in the UK, they called it 10 Bloody Marys and 10 How's Your Fathers. Was the cover the same? No, not at all. All right. Um, so the first the first one I uh, put out here is uh, was from the Miami's True Sessions. It was the B-side to Less Than Zero. Um, it's a song he does... Um, he still does a lot and when he does it, he then starts to sing Jackie Wilson said by Van Morrison. Oh, like nice. That's part of it. Cause you'll, you'll hear it when, when you play it. Oh yeah. I like Van Morrison. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a stand up citizen of the planet. Uh, this is uh, radio sweetheart. My head is spinning and my legs are weak. Who's step dancing, can't hear myself speak Open the eyes of the ugly girls that settle for the lies of the last chances When slow motion drugs, they walk loud dancers You come here looking for the ride to glory Go back home with a hard luck story Gotta get to the chorus. Gotta get to it. Radio Sweetheart. That's a good tune. Never heard it. Rock Solid exclusive. You should, you should listen to those bonus discs. I should listen There's to those bonus discs. all kinds of good stuff. And the next one, here's, this is, here's why you should listen to it. Okay. I picked this song just for you, Pat. What? Just for you. He even talks about this song in his book. Uh, it's I called, just bought that book for $6.07. Well, wait, uh, I'm going to tell the story and then you're going to read it again. It's going to reinforce okay. how cool this Let me is. Hear it. So it's a song called Clean Money. Um, and it's inspired by Cheap Trick. Really? He, uh, he heard Cheap Trick. He thought they were awesome. And so he tried to wow. he tried to write a song that uh, he thought would sound like Cheap Trick. So when you hear it, let me know what you think. All right. I will tell you. I won't hold back. Like there's that when they're singing money, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty great. That would have been cool if Cheap Trick would have uh, recorded a version of that. Now I'm gonna play for you an outtake from the debut Cheap Trick album, and it's called "Loving Money." Let's hear how this sounds. Go, love and money outtake from the Japanese import of the first album with 10 bonus tracks. Oh, so you listen to those. You I won't do listen, listen to, to the Elvis Costello. I know. Bonus there's, a, there's so many Elvis <laughs> Costello bonus tracks. 
Oh my God. I like bonus tracks. You know what I don't care for sometimes? Uh, a lot of times? Demos. Yeah, no. It has I'm, to be something really. It has to be like. I don't know. It has to be really good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm with you on that. I think the only the only demos that I I really like, you know, were like the Beatles anthology stuff. Right, right, right. Just because it's songs that you're so familiar with to hear to hear the creation of this. Right. Songs. The way they started and where they got to is is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the demos, a lot of the Elvis demos that are on mm-hmm. these CDs. Don't say, I mean, a lot of times it's him on acoustic guitar yeah. and then the difference is that he added a band, you know, and, and they sort of did their thing and that filled it out. But mm-hmm. otherwise it's, they're not super different. And those Beatles demos are so cool because you can hear George storming out, and slamming <laughs> the door and so many of them. So cool. All right. So we're moving on to 1981's Trust. Yes. Still produced by Nick Lowe. Still produced by Nick Lowe. Still on F Beat Records. Columbia. <laughs> I uh, I like this album a lot. Yeah, I really do. I love the cover too. He's got the rose-colored glasses. And it's just a, you know, just a, it's just a cool picture of him on that. Yeah, cool. Uh, his name's not on it. Nope. Just just says just trust. trust, and he sort of has a look on his face like he's probably not someone to be trusted. Nope. Nope. Um, yeah. I mean this this ranks seven for me out of eleven. All right, and we'll get the we're gonna get the final tally at the end. Yeah. But it's not, again, it's not because I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's just the other ones rate higher. But I, I do really like this one as well. All right. Now, before I start this song, I got to get into position. Because <laughs> this is the song where I'm going to go make a drink. Okay? All right. Now, I don't know how long. Do you want to time me? See how long it takes me to get back? Well, I know based on my cues, there this is there's 53 seconds. Well, song but it's not going to stop at 53 seconds. I'm just fading it down. Oh, okay, got it. I start it where you tell me to, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of fade it down when I think we've heard all enough. Right. So, so let me here. I'm going to set my timer. Let's see how the. All right, this is going to taking my headphones off. Okay, this is exciting. <laughs> oh, I have to tell you what the name of the song is, so you can go play ahead. It, right? Go ahead. All right, this is called "Watch Your Step." Okay. Oh, are you, do you mean when I run to make when my drink? When you run in to make the drink. Watch your step. The barrier. You shut the door so that I get a barrier to go through. <laughs> okay, you tell me when to go. All right, and go. Don't say a word. Don't say anything. Don't say a word. I'm not even listening. I read in the papers about their escape. They've been All right. Well done. <laughs> How long did it take me? You're not out of breath at all. No. Uh, that took um, for, like 45 seconds. 45 seconds. Yeah. Okay, not too shabby. Not bad. Also, I, I, I took the spoon out of the sink to stir it, and the spoon was in, in a coffee cup with coffee in it. Okay. So I had to rinse that off. So I had an extra step in there. It really is like an escape room. It really is. It really is. <laughs> and um, I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see how much uh, vodka I was putting in the shot glass. I assume it was the correct amount. Could be more, could be less. I haven't tasted it. Let, let, let me taste it. You know how I drink, right? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, oh. oh, it's delicious. Now let me take, taste it for real. It's good that vodka is going to be sneaking up on me because again, I don't. I think so. I well, don't the the taste that much of it, and the the liquid in the glass is it's not it's not very clear, right? So it's I, I think you didn't over pour. I think you're okay. I it think tastes good. It doesn't taste bad. I think it's the right amount. It will right. it will sneak up on you. All right, let me move to my song from Trust. And again, it's a it's a, it's one you know. It's Clubland. A lot of these you got to take from the top. You got one more. I do. And then we're going to move on to another album released the same year. Yes. Two albums in 1981. That's when music was, I loved it, when you'd get a band that would release two albums. So far, he's been putting out a record every year. Yeah. and then, That's how it was back then. And now he's, he's going to do two in a year. He also, um, uh, Martin Belmont plays on a track on this album. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the guitar, he was uh, Graham Parker's guitarist in The Rumor. Okay. Um, and he almost joined the attractions. So Ooh. there was there was talk at the time because Elvis Elvis is the guitarist in the attractions. Yes, um, except for last night. Except for last night, and he admittedly is not a great guitarist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he kind of just it's one of the things I think is cool about the attraction sound and the imposter sound is like Steve Naive is sort of the he's the guitarist in okay. a lot of ways. He's sort of the lead the sort of lead instrument in a lot of songs, the the piano or the organ or whatever. And Elvis is just kind of playing rhythm. Yeah. Um, but I think they wanted to get a bigger sound. And so they, there was, they were throwing around the idea of Martin Belmont joining the band. He played some shows with him, but ultimately didn't, they didn't want to break up the, the rumor or the attractions. Although. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my next one is how similar is, uh, um, yeah. Graham Parker is so, similar for me to Elvis Costello. Like they feel like they're like just from they're from the same mold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Vocally, they can sound alike sometimes. It sounds similar. Um, you know, they can hit that pub rocky thing at mm-hmm. times. And yeah, I just it's it's so good. And tons of overlap. Yeah. Like uh Brinsley Schwartz is Nick Lowe. You know, was, yeah, uh was the rumor it was in the rumor mm-hmm. and you know Nick Lowe was in that was in his band and yeah. so I mean they're all kind of from the same scene but yep. yeah very very much so but for whatever reason you know maybe it was and he even has I mean Graham Parker has like the glasses yeah so want, have it, they ever played like together like has Graham Parker ever toured in support of Elvis Costello because that would be a great double bill too yeah I mean maybe they did back in the 80s I 
I'd have to do some research. Don't get into hassle. <laughs> Sounds like a hassle. We don't like research on this show. I like when Kyle was here and I could go, look that up, Kyle. <laughs> he would do everything. I would just blabber. Now I got to do it all. It sucks. Come back, Kyle. <laughs> uh, so my next one is from the bonus disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an outtake. Uh, and maybe this, it's a, it's a good song, but maybe this just speaks to the, you know, wealth of mm-hmm. goodness that he was putting out there. Um, this is a tune called 25 to 12. How is it spelled on your list? Cause in, it must've been put in my iTunes, the, the spelling of 20, it was messed up. Oh, what's it say on your list? Is it spelled like 20? Yeah. All right. Mine was messed up. Was it spelled like 20? said like, cunty five <laughs> can you believe that's I, right right i don't think that's true no i don't <laughs> you don't think that's true you don't think that's the correct spelling um i don't think either that's it's, a word they use over in great britain differently from how we use it mm. here we go <laughs> okay cunty five to twelve <laughs> say you don't That is great. That's a fantastic song. Yeah. How's that not make the record? I don't know. And even, Too many good songs. He name checks Seconds of Pleasure. Yes, he does. I like when bands do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what time is it where in, in Chicago where your wife is right now? It's like 11.45 then? It is. She's asleep, right? Definitely. I would love to prank her. I would love you to call her up and tell her that you've decided you're going to stay two extra days <laughs> because Elvis is playing. Because he is playing tomorrow in Anaheim. That's right. At the Grove. It's only... 45 minutes from the house. Yeah. I um, I would like to be able to go home. <laughs> um, well, I understand it's a prank. Would, yeah. it, would it be easier to get off of work than to have your wife go along with that plan? Um, it would be easier to get off of work. Because <laughs> I could work from here. I, I, yeah, I wish I, I wish I would have thought of that earlier because I would love... Could you, could you have been serious about it? Could you have done it? Um, I'm not... I'm not sure if I. God damn it, Kevin! I'm not sure if I could have. Uh, is the show uh, Kevin go fuck yourself? Is that about what would happen if you <laughs> you yeah, called home? Quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I would. I would. I love stuff like that. <laughs> my favorite thing was one night. My uh, not my favorite thing. That's uh, that's hyperbole. Um, one night we were recording. Me and Kyle. Uh, my mom called. And we were talking about the Beatles. So I said, do you think, I'm going to answer this. Do you think she can name the Beatles? And we were sure there was no way. Yeah. And they did. Her and my dad together working as a team, like okay. an escape room. Because <laughs> I was like, don't know Paul. They'll know John. Mm-hmm. They'll know Ring. They'll never know George Harrison. They'll never know it. Right. They knew them all. I was shocked. Well, I mean, it's, I guess it's not surprising. I guess it's not. I mean, they were, you know. It ha- I mean, I was born in 64, so they they were aware of music yeah. and the Beatles. I wonder uh, 
but could they have named the Rolling Stones? No way. Yeah. I bet only I bet only Mick Jagger. Yeah. Maybe Keith Richards, maybe? I'm no. going to say not even, but we'll try that. I'll try that when <laughs> Kyle's home. We'll okay. call up and see if they can name the Rolling Stones. All right. But be there's fun. no way. I mean, I would bet, uh, you look, I, I'm going to bet on the life of your two children. <laughs> Wait a second. Not too much? <laughs> too far? Okay. Moving on to, did I play both of mine? No, I only had one. Okay. Uh, almost Blue. Almost Blue. Uh, so this is a detour. Big time detour. It's a big time detour. Big time detour. It's uh, it's now I don't listen to that much. I really like it. Is it, um, is it number 11? It's actually number eight. All right. But it, it's one of those that would not fall down if I started to consider some of the other ones. Okay. And, and I, you know, maybe it's because I was born and raised in the South, mm-hmm. but I, I like, I like this kind of country music. It's a country music record. It's a straight country music record. Now it's that you, all covers. Now that you say that you were born in the South, I understand the hat you're wearing today. Because <laughs> I mean, you you keep calling it a rebel flag. <laughs> oh no! But I know it is a I know it is no, a Confederate flag. Don't put that out there. <laughs> don't people. This is not true. <laughs> it's not rock true. solid nation. They know. They know pretty, pretty much almost anything that comes out of my mouth <laughs> is not true. All right, almost blue. Almost uh, blue. Not produced by Nick Lowe. No, not produced by Nick Lowe. Produced by Billy Sherrill, who's a legendary Nashville producer. And if you're going to do an album like this and you're Elvis selling the attractions, you want to get a guy that can get your band to have the sound that they should have. Right. The band's going to have to get the feel themselves and this, but he's going to get them to sound like that. Yes. Are these all covers? I forget. All covers. All covers. All covers. Um, and, uh, the the first one is a is a uh, Flying Burrito Brothers song. Okay, on the album, have you listened to the Flying Burrito Brothers? Is that something that I would be into? You might be. Uh, there's two two of their records were with Graham Parsons. Those are the ones that I would listen and to. And is Bernie Ledden from the Eagles in that band? Is he in there? Uh, is Chris Hillman in there? Who's Chris in that? Hill? Chris Hillman, yes. So someone from the Birds is in there. I don't think I don't think Bernie was he wasn't he in. What was he in? I don't know. Maybe Tom Ledden, his brother, was in there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, God damn it. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get emails. Oh, the Flying Burrito Brothers. Those guys are nerds. Okay. So, <laughs> the, okay. Uh, the, um, the two records that Graham Parsons is on, I think you would enjoy. Just okay. because there's, you know, I mean, he was, he sort of made the birds become more country rock. Yeah. They went a little more in that direction, but he was also like really tight with Keith Richards. So okay. there's like, there's the rumor is Graham Parsons has actually wrote wild horses. I don't know if you've ever heard that one before, but huh. that's the rumor. All right. So you might dig those. This song is on one of those okay. records. Uh, on this album, it's credited as I'm your toy. Okay. It's actually the original title was hot burrito. Number one. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> That is awful. Okay, here it is. I'm your toy. Once upon a time, you let me feel you deep inside. When nobody knew, nobody saw. Do you remember the way you cried? 
I'm your old boy But I don't want no one but you to love me Oh, I wouldn't lie You know I'm not that I'm just taking a quick peek at Wikipedia. Yeah, Elvis Costello has 32 solo albums. I mean, st- sorry, 32 studio albums. So mm-hmm. that's that's over a month. Yeah. Um, and My Aim is True is the only album to go platinum in the U.S. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, this year's model went gold. Armed Forces went gold. These are just U.S. numbers. Mm-hmm. And then Spike went gold. Years, yep. years later. Yep. And we're not covering Spike today because that's when he was on Warner Brothers. But I just wanted to throw out some quick numbers. But uh, that song was good. That song was good. Yep. And again, this is now my listen to. I own it physically on a physical format. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going with the one that was, uh, I believe this was the single, uh, Good Year for the Roses. Yep. And who wrote this one? Uh, Dwight Yoakam, <laughs> Clint Black. I mean, it was um, it was a hit for George Jones, who was not a songwriter. Brad Paisley write this? Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was written by Jerry Chestnut. Jerry Chestnut. Jerry Chestnut. All right, love his work. Remember the video for this? It was the teacher was really hot and. There were little kids playing the attractions and they danced on tables. On the cigarettes there in the ashtray. I think that was a different video. Okay. This one had two really creepy twin girls in it. Two. <laughs> and Bruce Thomas looks bored out of his mind. Certainly they didn't want to do this album. That you and didn't drink. But at least you thought you wanted it That's so much more that I can say for me What a good year for the roses Many blooms still linger there But long could stand another mowing All right, good tune, good tune. Do you think it was the right time for him to experiment like this i mean i guess he gave us a rock album earlier in the year so Mm -hmm. and what do you think uh do you think he had to clear this with the label before he recorded it or did he just turn this in and go yeah here's my next album take it or leave it fuckers well you know this actually went to it went to number seven in the uk Mm -hmm. trust went to number nine so it was actually a bigger hit all right in the uk i i i mean i think at this point he you know, he was charting records mm-hmm. in the UK. I think he was successful enough that he was was able to pull it off. Um, but yeah, there was a, he put a sticker. There was a sticker on the album that basically said, you know, warning. <laughs> <laughs> this is a country album. Yeah. Uh, you know, closed minded people like not allowed. It, right. Put it back on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your next song from Almost Blue cool album cover too yeah another just what if i had almost blue and i held that up do you think he'd be like oh i'll go sign that he might 
You might. Like, I always think of what's going to catch their eye. What are they going to yeah. be like? Oh, my God. You're he like, had that. What, really? Oh, it was blue? Yeah. Especially if you had one with that sticker on it. That's true. You'd be like, oh, this guy. He go, I don't want to sign that. It's. Uh, I don't want to. It's, it's got the hype sticker, and it's in plastic. I don't want to do it. Right. Um, he was never coming to the stage. He no. didn't even slap five with people. No, he didn't. Well, he's, you know. He's, he's not a slap five guy. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> no. He's more a fist bump. all right what's your tune uh this is uh from the bonus disc of course it is why would why would you (laughs) stick to the program uh it's the difference in the difference with this song is that the album was recorded here's some nerd talk for you the album was recorded in studio a uh in the these in the legendary nashville cbs studios but a lot of a lot of classic country songs were actually done in Studio B, which was supposed to have a much warmer sound. So this was this was actually recorded in Studio B. Nerd talk. You guys are nerds. I may have made that whole story up just so you would play wow. the sting. It's worth it. It's <laughs> worth it. Hob the Troll, Steve O'Dockerson, go over to Bandcamp, uh, throw him a dollar and get that album. There you go. Go in. I think it's pay, pay what you want. So, you know, four cents, five cents. Yeah. Or do we, and do it on, do it on Friday, right? Because do on, it on Friday. Cause they, the artists get all, they get all the pennies, all the, all the pennies, the whole Friday. nickel. <laughs> all right. This one's called, he's got you. I lost my playlist because of Tom Foolery. He's got you on the bonus disc on the bonus left disc. off the album. Cause it wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got the records that we used to share. By the way, Kevin, I do not know when this is going to drop. This might not drop. I'm not even kidding till November. But if you're a Patreon supporter and you're at the $5 tier, you're in the ASAP club and you will get this episode early and ad free. So you're listening to it right now. Right now. Weeks before other people will listen to it. So I'm just throwing that out there. Patreon.com forward slash rocks on the podcast. All right. Do it, people. Do Do it. it. Just fucking do it. I said cunty. <laughs> Isn't that worth it? I mean, the... Um, moving on. Moving on. Now, this album is considered uh, a departure and a masterpiece, right? Yes. Both of those things. Yes. Absolutely. That's what I think. And yeah. uh, is this your number one? No, Get Happy was my number That's one. That's right. Is yeah. this your number two? No, Armed Forces was my number two. This must be number three. No, this year's model was... <laughs> All right. Where's this fall? This is number four. Ooh, it's up there. Yeah. Uh, cool album cover. Awesome album cover. Very good. It's not a good one to get signed. Very busy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Doesn't, he would look at it. I don't even know where to sign it. Where, right, where does the signature start? Where does the artwork end? Don't even know. No don't idea. even know. 
Um, I believe my wife really, really likes Imperial Bedroom. It probably came out at a time when she was uh, between a breakup with a bad boyfriend. Perhaps. And it probably healed her. <laughs> I don't know if any of that's true. <laughs> right. And I'm making it up. And now I have to go tell her that I told that joke tonight. Yeah. Um, or will I? No, I don't know. She should listen. It's a good joke. She should listen. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> then I have to listen to her podcast. And there's 750 episodes. Oh my gosh. I listen to a little bit of her podcast every week because I do the post-production mm -hmm. and I upload it. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So your first song is one of the popular ones. Yep. It's a, one of the pop. He, uh, he did this last night, right? I believe so. Yeah. He did this last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I saw the last time I saw him before last night, he did this album uh, in its entirety. So he played all the way through, and it's. And did you know that going in that he was going to do that? Yeah, it's, it was credited as uh, the tour was called Imperial Bedroom and Other Chambers. Nice. So and he, he would play other stuff, and then he, he actually didn't, and he didn't play it in order. And do, play, you, do you like that? Because if they're going to do the album, I like it in order. I mean, obviously. Springsteen does it that way. And mm -hmm. I've seen him do a couple of his albums in, in the entirety. Um, I, I guess I'm, it was fine either way. Like I knew I was going to hear every song. And so I was happy about that. Um, but I guess there's, I guess the, the thought is, you know, an album is a full statement. Yeah. You know, you should do it in its entirety, but I thought it worked. Uh, the Rolling Stones played Sticky Fingers in its entirety here in L.A. at the Fonda Theater, and they did not do it in order because I think McEwen says at the beginning, he goes, he goes, I don't think we can follow the opening track on Sticky Fingers. So we're going to play all the songs, but not in order. Yeah. It kicks off with Brown Sugar, and I don't think, you know. Right. So they just mixed it all up. Yep. Uh, this album is also produced by Jeff Emmerich, who, you know, was a engineer for the Beatles. Yep. So he was definitely looking for you know, a Sergeant Pepper ish feel mm -hmm. and he sort of gets it. I think. Did he, um, did he do faithful versions in concert or did he change it up as artists might do? They were mostly faithful. I think there was a, a few times where he would just add, you know, add some different color or mm -hmm. texture to it, but he, he didn't, he didn't radically change okay. the uh, arrangements. All right, here it is. Man out of time. Yep. came to hide when it ran from you in a private detective overcoat dirty dead man's shoes the pretty things of Knightsbridge lying for a minister of state is a far cry from the northern wind here at Tracer's Gate. Cause the high helios the bee has been ground down and it listens for the footsteps that would follow him around. The man of my love is a crime. But will you stay? 
empirically, does this mean a guy who should have been born during another time period? Or does it mean a guy who's, who's going to die? He's out of time. No, I think it means the first thing. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, this is, this is wild. You didn't even see me do this. I got your wife on the phone. And I'm going to ask her the question. Okay. okay. She's, she's on hold. Let me take her off hold. Okay. She's off hold. And uh, wait, hold on. I'm going to put her back on. What's her name again? Christy. It's Christy. Okay. Hold on. Uh, hey, Christy. It's Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast. We've never met in person. I've got your husband here. And we're having a great time. We're talking about Elvis Costello. And we went to see the show last night. We had a fantastic time. And he's been on his best behavior. He didn't talk to any ladies. And he's only had like one mixed drink a day. <laughs> and he's been getting his steps in. So all is good. So I'm going to ask you this because I'm afraid that you might not take it uh, in a good way if he asks it. So is it okay if Kevin stays like an extra day and a half? <laughs> and hold on now. Wait a second. And we go to see Elvis Costello again tomorrow night. Is that cool with you? What do you say to that? Fuck you. All right. So, uh, hello? Okay. It's not a go. It's not going to happen. So, sorry. <laughs> Long way to go, right? That was... A big ramp up. Uh, big ramp up. Worth it, though. Was it? Was it? I hope so. <laughs> let us know. Look, let us know if it was worth it. Hashtag fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a song. Come on. I got one. I love this one. It's really cool. And I think this is one of Pilar's favorites. So that's why I'm going to play it. This one's called Shabby Doll. Shabby Doll. Shabby Doll. Shabby. There's a hit man facing a compromising situation with just a Shabby Doll and a very neat line. In character assassination She's just a shabby doll Very cool. Band sounds so good. It really does. God, they sound good. And when I say it, I mean they. <laughs> uh, very cool. Love it. All right, we got one more on Imperial Bedroom. Let's see how we're doing on time. All right, there's no way we're going to get this done in the next uh, 24 minutes. So that's okay. We'll stop and we'll do a new file. We won't yeah. stop. We'll just make create a new file and we'll keep on going. All right. Love it. Yeah, I mean, Elvis Costello, even though, could you imagine if we were trying to cover the entire catalog? Oh, God. We'd never do, you can't, some artists you can't do the no. entire thing. No, you, you have to break it up. You the King, like we did with the Kinks or the Stones. Right. And he's one of them. I mean, you're like, can you imagine trying to do like the Beach Boys in a night? That entire <laughs> catalog. We did, how, how long was that episode? Uh, three, three and a half hours. It's one of the lowest rated episodes. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to look up the no I'm going to look up the numbers and see how it, how it, how that works. See, the thing only, is, only tell me if it's good. <laughs> you're going to just hear this. <laughs> All right, what's your next song off of Imperial Bedroom? Uh, my next song is a rave up called "The Loved Ones." The Loved Ones. Oh no, of 
course I moved out of the okay here we go now now I'm ready right, come, come back Kyle don't get smart sarcastic he snaps back just like elastic sparrows did the atrics and the bundle gymnastics we brave wise guys just like mastics what would the love one say Right, I just looked up the Beach Boys numbers. By the way, that's a great tune. Just want to say it. Very good song. I looked up the Beach Boys numbers. Very respectable, like really high. As a matter of fact, I want to comp- I want to see how close it is to being in the top six. Okay, let me see. Get the episode. That's not it. And this. All right, good radio. Very good radio. Why <laughs> can't I find out where the top uh, things are? Let me go here. Kevin, feel free to talk. Um, super I mean, look, super great numbers on that episode. I mean, when you know, oh, here the, we go. The way the way you like complimented the song choice this just now sounded like you're setting me up for bad news. No, it's no, like, no. It's like when your manager gives you a review, they always start with like, mm-hmm. like you're doing, you know, you're you're doing a really good job, but <laughs> let's talk about some places where you can improve. Here's what I'll tell you. Okay, <laughs> okay. The number one episode is a Queen episode followed by Radiohead, followed by Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, yep. followed by Paul McCartney and Wings, followed by Motley Crue, The Dirt, followed by Madonna. Now look, those episodes are highly rated, not because of me or the guest host or whoever was on, it's because people are Googling Madonna or they're Googling yep. Queen or Radiohead and they're finding these episodes and they're downloading them. It doesn't mean they like them. It just means, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, the, the Beach Boys episode is 5,000 downloads away from knocking Madonna out of the sixth spot. Really? Yeah. That's, I mean, I guess that's cool. It's, it's just, it's surprising because it's, well, it downloads. Downloads. Not like, I would, it would be interesting if you could pull the numbers of how many people actually listen to the entire thing. Right. That's what I mean. It, yeah, yeah. I only know, I only know the downloads. Let me see how many episodes are between Oh, you know, you know it's you know, <laughs> you know it's right under Madonna, in the seventh spot, Brian Adams with Alexi Lawless. Oh. Well, that's because of Alexi mostly, right? Maybe we we, we look. I believe it's because of our. Uh, we have a, a nice chemistry. <laughs> Boy, the Beach Boys is no, no. Where it is? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There it is. Okay, so it goes Madonna at number six. Then Brian Adams, mm-hmm. Soft Sounds of the 70s, mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Class of 2019, sure. Billy Joel, Van Hagar, Tribute to Tom Petty, Kiss the Originals, and then Beach Boys. Wow. So what spot are you in? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Twelve. Five, Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteenth spot. 
Wow. And Blue Oyster Cult? I mean, it's, who knows? <laughs> it's, but again, all these episodes up top are like band names, like under Beach Boys is Blue Oyster Cult, then Iron Maiden, then Duran Duran, yep. then Foreigner, then you do. And Blue Oyster Cult people are like, I can't believe anyone's talking about Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> but, uh, that but, Tom yeah. Petty tribute episode was so good. I mean, that should be in the top five. You would think so. Yeah. You would think so. Uh, with Jeff Tate, Tate mm-hmm. out of Tate. Yep. All right, let's Excellent. move on. Let's move on. Uh, we are going to now. Who produced? Now the next two albums are produced by the same guys. Yep. And he's going for some type of a more pop sound, correct? Pop, new, you know, like new wave. He's he's trying to fit more, I guess, into the yeah into the new wave scene. And he's, was he told to do this, or is he trying to do it on his own? Do you think? I think it's probably a, a mix. He doesn't he doesn't talk too much in the book about why he mm-hmm. went with these guys. I mean, and I who do. Are, who are they? Uh, Clive Langer and Alan Winstonley. Oh, they're my attorneys. <laughs> right. And um, what what did they do of note that 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 he would hook up with them? I'm sure they've done a ton of stuff. Uh, you know, Madness. I think was like the the big group that they were working with at the, at the time. Fog Hat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, Madness, I think, is where they they probably made their name. And, you know, one hit wonder in the U.S., but huge in the U.K. They also produced. That's what's amazing about music. Someone someone out there loves Madness Mm -hmm. and they love Foghat. Probably. (laughs) Like two guys. (laughs) Right. And they're definitely dudes. Yeah. Uh, He produced the Dexys Midnight Runners album. That has uh, come, come on, on Eileen. That's those guys did that. Uh, a bunch of Morrissey stuff. They produced Sixteen Stone by Bush. All right, later on. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it was. We don't say Bush in this country. We say Cunty. <laughs> Do we? No, we don't. <laughs> Never use that word, guys. I can't even say the word without the Y on it because the Y makes it funny. Yes, funny. <laughs> makes it funny. Acceptable? Uh, I'm not sure. We're talking uh, about punch the clock. We are talking about punch the clock. I I think he was definitely getting a little pressure for hit singles. Okay. Um, because his albums are still charting well. Yeah. You know, Imperial Bedroom went to number six in the UK mm-hmm. on F Beat Records. We don't care about that country. Um, Brexit. <laughs> but punch the clock goes to number three, also on F Beat Records. Columbia. Um. So, you know, the albums do good, but I think he was under pressure to to get more hit singles, so went with producers that had been making hit singles. Well, then let me play my song first, because I, I have two songs. Okay. But I picked the hit single. Yeah. Every day the, I write the book. Because this was his first top 40 in the U.S. And uh, I was in college in 1983, freshman year, and this was a big album. This was a big album. Yep. A, a lot of guys on the uh, on the dorm floor had this. So here we go. Every day I write the book. Guys that I don't think knew Elvis's other music had this album. Yeah, for sure. Every day, every day. 
love the counting of the chapters. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm going to read his book. Like if I'm in bed reading it, and I'm just going to go <laughs> chapter one, <laughs> and uh, you think I won't? Did you watch the the series The Bear? No, but I've I've heard from a lot of people that I should because it's set in Chicago, right? Set in Chicago, yeah. And they make the you know they make the beef sandwich, right? Um, right. But oh, I don't eat red meat. That's why I haven't watched it. Nah, you could get it without red meat. You could just get the the peppers just and the cheese. peppers and the bread. Um, okay. But in the, um, <laughs> I maybe have said this on the show before. I don't know. I say everything more than once. Yep. Who cares? New listeners haven't heard it all. They don't care. Um, but once they get the kitchen going, everyone has to call everyone chef. So come in behind you, chef. Excuse me, chef. And so um, I, <laughs> I say this all the time with Pilar. Uh, and I'm, I'm just like uh, getting in the fridge, chef. And she's like, oh, all right. We, just, we binged that four weeks ago. Right. We don't have to keep it up. I'm like, oh, we do. We definitely do. Just uh, so if you've watched that show, call your uh, mate, call your lover, chef, <laughs> your lover, yeah, in the throes of passion, yes, especially then. Do you like that, chef? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> chef. <laughs> All right, what's your song from Punch the Clock? I like this album, I think this is uh, you, this is your number I, 11. This is number 11. Wow, we're going to talk about something when we get to the next album, but I, I, I like a lot of the. Song, do you not like it because he's going to pop? I just he sounds tired. Okay, the the a lot of the songs just it it sounds like he's trying too hard. It just it feels like you know, especially the first five records is just this burst of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, quick punchy short songs, punky and punchy. Yeah, <laughs> punchy. It's punchy music. Punk, punchy, punchy. Yeah. Um, I practiced that actually. I'm, punk-shi. A, blue, I'm a blue belt. That's punchy. Are you? That's uh, punchy in the uh, ten rings. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, MCU phase seven. And again, even though I like all the different you know twists and turns yeah. that he's taken yeah. during his career, there's just something something about this record. It just feels like he he didn't really have it all together. All right. Um, but he had a couple of really good songs and that, you know, every day I write the book is great. And it was his first top 40 hit in the and, U.S. And obviously the two songs you picked two, are great. Or they're fantastic. And I what? picked another song. So let's see if we picked the four songs that you do like. Yeah. But we'll go. We're going to go to you next. Yeah. So this one is, uh, I mean, this is this is one of the five best songs he's ever written. I mean, wow. this is just this is an absolute yeah. piece of literature. It's right. just so good. Uh, shipbuilding. All right. It almost doesn't belong on this album. Kind of, right? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Miles Davis, Uncanny. Spread around town A telegram Or a picture postcard Within weeks They'll be reopening The shipyard And notifying The next of kin Once again It's always Gilded Little 
So that's Chet Baker on the trumpet solo. Oh, cool. Who was... Uh, I thought he was dead by 83. No, but he was completely strung out on heroin. And the best the best horn players are. <laughs> and Elvis, Elvis like finds him playing in the small club in Amsterdam and goes up to him after the show and was like, would you be willing to... You know, he thought he was going to have to like go through his people and all mm-hmm. this, and he just went up to him and was like, would you be willing to come to the studio and play this trumpet solo? And he was like, yeah, when, like, when, like tomorrow. <laughs> you know, he's, and then he said, well, I take my payment in horse. Well, and then he you got window pain. Well, and then he said, uh, or then Elvis is like, oh, well, like what, what do you, what do you want us to pay you? And he's like, I don't know, scale. And Elvis is like, double scale. Cause he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to like lowball him. Right. And then he said, Chad asked him, do you know where I can score some heroin? All right. And he was like, uh, I really don't, but, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Elvis wasn't, isn't a, wasn't a drug guy. Was he? He big drinker, big drink talks about that in the book. I think oh, Irish, yeah, I think Coke, uh, weed, which isn't really a drug. What's Hartbarger? What, do, what, what, you, what's that? Uh, I think it's, I think it's German. All right. I think it's German. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't really looked that far back. I really don't care about my heritage. <laughs> really? Not yeah, at all. Like Ezra wanted to do 23 and Me, and they told me, you know, the results and everything, but I don't care. Because <laughs> I just feel like my immediate family here, me, yeah. the wife, and the kids, yeah. I just feel that's my family. Right. And the cat. And the cat. And, but I don't care. Like, Like, if someone said, hey, uh, your your dad had an illegitimate child. Mm-hmm. You have another sister. I would be like, I, I don't want to meet that person. <laughs> I wouldn't even. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't have time for another dad in my life. Right at this point. At this point, no. I'd rather meet new friends. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want another family member. No, it would. It takes away from your Elvis Costello bonus disc listening time. Yeah, I don't want it. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Uh, I believe this is the song that opens the album, and I love it. It's Let Them All Talk. Yep. Is this one of the four approved songs? Is that Hart Barger approved? Do you like that tune? Featuring the TKO horns. All right. 
Yeah, I, I like that one. I like songs on this album, but it doesn't hold together for me as an album. As an album, and there's some stretches that just feels like could have you maybe could have used some Nick Lowe, you know, yeah. re- reeling them in a little yeah. bit, editing things down, tightening things up a bit. Mm-hmm. I like I like the horns. I mean, that's sort of new. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, it that, is. That part's definitely new to his sound. But I don't know. It's just listen. One of them had to be number 11. That's true. And this is it. All right. Let's move on to the fourth and final song from 1983's Punch the Clock. Punch the Clock. This is, uh, I have a song called Pills and Soap. This is just Elvis and Steve Naive. No one else. Really? Yeah. But you, you like when he does stuff with just one of the other guys. I do. The first time I ever saw him in concert was just these two guys. And it was great. All right. Pills and soap. That's how Houdini died, I think. (laughs) They talk to the sister, the father and the mother. With a microphone one hand and a checkbook in the other And the camera noses in through the tears on her face The tears on her face, the tears on her face You can put them back together with your paper and paste But you can't put them back together, you can't put them back together What would you say, what would you do? Children and animals two by two Give me the needle, give me the rope We're gonna melt them down for pills and soap I like that. I don't know if I love it, but I like it. It's good. Yeah, I love I love it. I love it. Well, you picked it. I did. Um, if you had to pick a third song, what would you pick? And if it had to be one of the ones I didn't pick. Hmm... I would just throw myself off a cliff. <laughs> I would drive my car into a wall. <laughs> I would probably go with um, uh, TKO Boxing Day. All right. Kicks off side two. That's. I, I like a lot of the song. I don't know. There's just a there's a vibe of the record that just doesn't doesn't hit me, man. All right. Just doesn't. It's funny when I'm I'm looking at my. Uh, Again, I'm not paying attention to Kevin at all. I am looking no. back at my um, at my uh, at my rock bios, and it's it's bringing up memories. Um, I think the person that did not like being a guest on the show, like, really didn't even toward even after it was done, yep. just wasn't thrilled. Was Richie Ramone? <laughs> <laughs> he just wasn't. Um, he just wasn't. In, I don't think he was into me at all. Just not at all, like, and that was in person. Pers- that was in right? person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He signed stuff, brought drumsticks inside. You know, yeah. And how how long how long was he there for? Um, well, I can find that out. I can definitely find that out. Hold on. <laughs> but the whole but the whole time just felt like he would rather I, be anywhere else, or he just wasn't. You know, if I would just even joke a little bit, I just wasn't, (laughs) it was, uh, it was fun. And like, for me, it was fun though, but for him, I don't think it was, 
Uh, where's the episode? Uh, an hour and 29 minutes. An hour and 29 minutes. And you would have, uh, you would have put the music in live. Yes. Right yes. Back then. So, I mean, that's literally, he yeah. hung out with you for an hour and a half. Let's listen to a little here. Sometimes these cut off because the file is so short when I try to play these. Yeah, and I get this. Hey, everyone, this is Richie Ramone, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have a file here that's uh, it's a minute, 27 seconds. It says Richie Ramone banter, because I keep, I always keep everything, even the stuff that doesn't make it to the show, like yeah. whatever's at the beginning. Let me see what, what this... Uh, what this was like. Hey everyone, this is Richard. No, no, no. No. Check, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there, one of the Ramones. Check. You sound good. Now I'm gonna uh I'm gonna play a little music. And if it's too loud, I'll turn it down. <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too old. I don't mind. Now that's my friend uh, Molly Ann Hale. She's a Ramones is her number one okay. band. She had a podcast called Ramones of the Day, where every episode they just covered one song. Yep. So I invited her and her co-host uh, Philip to come and just sit in and watch and meet Rich, Richie and get stuff signed. Mm -hmm. Because like if someone like if they were doing an episode and they had Robin Zander in and they didn't tell me, I would be. I would be like, what the fuck? Right. So I wanted to give them the opportunity to be there. And so, and Molly Ann, Philip came from work and he could only stay like 20 minutes, mm -hmm. but Molly Ann stayed the whole time and it, you know. And I, was he nice to her? Did he interact with her at all? Uh, he, yeah, he was nice to her. She's a girl. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's see. Should I play? I know we're, I know we're taking a detour here. I don't know why. Should I keep, there's like a minute left. Should we hear what happens? Yeah. Let's, let's see where this goes. Might be nothing. <laughs> The sipping of the tea. Yeah. So if it's too loud, let me know. I'll turn your head. You know he hates Led Zeppelin. That's good. That's good. That's good. You yeah. good? All right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> and Philip, you're gonna you're gonna be leaving, so you want your head. You're not gonna sit here and listen. You're just gonna sit there. All right. And when you have to leave, don't make a big deal out of it. Just get up and leave. <laughs> we'll be fine. Just get up. Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go. You fucking dick. <laughs> You fucking All right. asshole. You're not going to want to leave. He's not going to want to leave. I, agree. I, don't, I, awesome. don't, I didn't want to leave work. Or no, I wanted to leave work. <laughs> yep. You didn't want to go to work. You wanted to come straight here. Yeah. Right. I wanted to get paid to come straight here. Uh, All right, Richie. The first thing I'd like you to say, if you don't mind, if you could just say, I'm Richie Ramone, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Richie Ramone, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm He's a pro. I'm thinking that, do you think these banter files could be an episode? Oh, that's a good idea. Where I just, uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Just like, um, just do what I just did. And then maybe and then we play a Ramon song. It's like your, your bonus disc. Yeah. Yeah. The play. Yeah. That might be fun. Right. Might, might be, might be. I mean, I'm sure there's ones that are better than that one. 
Although that was, I mean, that was, look, I've never, I haven't listened to that since we, since no, the was, episode. That was good. I mean, he, he, uh, you know, he cracked a joke with, yeah. with Philip. Yeah. You're not going to want to leave. He nailed the intro. He did nail the intro. I mean, that was. You're not going to want to leave. <laughs> Fucking Richie Mamon. This is Richie Mamon. <laughs> I was definitely the hardest hitting drummer in the Ramones. <laughs> he did say that. Well, he, you know, listen, he hung out for an hour and a half. He could have. He could have just left. Look, I got to sit in the, in a room with a, a Ramon for ninety minutes. I'm good. always uh, pretty good. delighted when things like that happen. So I'm not certainly not making fun of the man. Uh, I I appreciated his time, and uh, I just don't feel he appreciated it. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> that's what this. That's where I'm going. I just don't think he had fun that day. I might run into him sometime and say, "Oh, you were on my podcast. Oh, yeah, that was great." And who knows? Maybe. But, well, I'm having fun, in case you were wondering. <laughs> no, you're not. I haven't stormed out yet. No, you're not. <laughs> All right, coming up, 1984. Again, he's the albums are coming year after year. Yeah. He uses the same producers. Same guys. Um, now, this one, this is the one he says is his worst album. Yes. But, in but, the liner notes, congratulations, you just purchased our worst album. Yeah, but you slot it above My Aim is True. I do. <laughs> Where is it slot? What number for you? It is, uh, it's, it's nine. It's nine. It's, it's right Miami's up. true is 10 and punch the clock is 11 is 11. Yeah. Why do you go against Elvis Costello's wishes? <laughs> Cause I disagree with him. I don't think it's their worst album. I think it's pretty good. All right. Well, let's, um, let's I think it holds together better. It's, I, you know, it doesn't have a song at the level of shipbuilding, mm -hmm. but it has a lot of really good stuff. All right, what's your uh, first track? My, my uh, first one closes out side one. It's a slow burner called Love Field. You lie so unfolded in a love field With your contempt for See, I don't know this album that well because Elvis Costello told me not to listen to it, <laughs> right. and I respect yeah. my elders. He said, disregard this one. He he said this song was one of the few worth saving from the record. He actually All right. performs this one in concert fairly regularly. Um, I just went with the duet. Yeah, I only picked one because I don't know the album that well. Mm -hmm. But I remember when I listened to it, I listened to it with the ear of it being the worst album and that tainted my listening experience for sure. So I'm going to have to revisit it. I did not revisit it for this episode. I do not have that kind of time. <laughs> so I just picked the song that I knew that was a hit. Yes. Do you like the only flame in town? I do. Yeah. I, I didn't pick it cause I thought you might. Yeah. 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 
Um, you thought that nitwit will pick this one. It's, it's the first song on the album. Yeah, they're, and their their voices sound good together, and you wouldn't really, you wouldn't kind of think they would. He's in the video too. It's a fun video. He is. He's yeah. got the craziest hair. Yeah, that's when he, he was peak Daryl Hall '80s hair. Yeah. Okay, the only flame in town. Here we go. Dreams, did you think we would talk about Richie Ramone tonight? No. All right. Never. Never. So, what's fun about the show? If I had talk about anything. Fun. Fun. If I had uh, pit, pit stopped in Vegas on the way here mm-hmm. and bet on that, I, well, I wouldn't have. The odds would have been mm-hmm. too high. This might be off topic. What's your favorite dildo? <laughs> <laughs> now that might be the vodka I talking. think the vodka just caught up mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> I'm going to say Gemini Dong. That's the one I'm going to say. <laughs> the fact that you had a name ready to say mm-hmm. concerns me. It's and actually... Uh, is the lock on that door fully functional? <laughs> uh, I'm, going to t- I'm actually going to take that door off its hinges tonight. Um, no, one of my favorite comedians from Chicago, Mike Toomey, he, he, he could do impressions that weren't the normal impressions. Yeah. Like he did a Richard Dawson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he would do Richard Dawson on Family Feud. And he would be like, uh, and he would just, he would like milk it out, you know, when Richard was trying to like, all right, top three answers. Number one answer you said, and the question was this, and he would be like, <laughs> and your answer was this. And you think that's going to be the answer. You're, you're good with, and he would just go on and on. And, right. and it was like, it was like the, and the, the, uh, the topic was like top, top five sex toys. <laughs> and he'd say, uh, and you went with Gemini Dong. All right. I don't know if it's up there. We're going to find out. And then he would go, show me Gemini Dong. <laughs> just like, just crazy, funny, just ridiculous. That's great. And he would sound exactly like the people. Like he would do Frank Gorshin. He could do other comedians. Like he could do other Chicago comedians so well that if he wanted to, he could call clubs and like cancel. He could go like, oh, this is Kevin Hartbarger. I need to cancel next week oh, at no. uh, the Chuckle Hut. Right. That's how good he was. Okay. That's your cool. your next song again. I'm uh, the vodka is cooking. <laughs> Maybe it's the vodka talking. It's a cauldron inside my belly. <laughs> uh, this next one is uh, it's called the comedians and he's, the comedians. And he said that uh, he said he wrote it for Roy Orbison, who ended up covering it on, and his, on his last record. Listen to this. I outlived him. Yes, you did. All right, the comedians. Here we go. Such gentle persuasion You can't refuse It's like a home from home Meanwhile in the Montecar Kingdom The 
finding all the glitters is not chrome. The social circle had these cardiac complaints. The hearts are empty and their hands are full. All these new fair bond acquaintances turn out to be the red rags of my book. And I'm a part of the dawn spring. Even the I'm going to play the Roy Orbison version. It was on his comeback album, Mystery Girl. Mm-hmm. I forget if that was released posthumously. I, I forget if it was or not. I think it came out. I mean, that's what was sad about it. I think it came out and then he died like a month later. I mean, talk about a guy that was having a resurgence with the traveling Wilburys. Yep. And then with, this is a great album. Mystery Girl is a great album. Fantastic. Uh, you know, Jeff Lynn's in there producing and Bono and the Edger in there and Tom Petty and Mike Campbell and just all these great people. And what, uh, you know, and, and Elvis Costello cover. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, I mean, what a disappointment that must have been, you know, for everyone, family, everyone. Yeah. All right, here we go. His version of Comedians. <laughs> And it's different. It's it's much slower. It sounds like a Will Robertson song now. Nah, that's true. I sat there alone upon the Ferris wheel, a pastel-colored carriage in the air. I thought you'd leave me dangling for a little while. A silly twist upon a childish dare Below I saw you whispering to another man Who held the lever that could bring me down He'd stop the world from turning at your command It's always something cruel that laughter drowns Trying to find out who played uh, on the uh, on that track. <clears throat> well, T Bone Burnett produced it. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Let's race. Let's see who can get find that information first. Mitchell Froom played piano. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Jerry Chef, who played with Elvis, plays the string bass. David Minor also plays bass on it. Uh, T-Bone Burnett plays electric guitar on it. Buell Neidinger plays the Arco bass. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find out who played drums on it. I don't see that. Well, it says Gary Coleman played percussion. Is that what, <laughs> what you're talking what you're about? talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll have to go with it. Oh, uh, Jim Keltner. Of course. Yeah. Of course. He's one of the Wilburys, really. He's the drummer on that yeah, album. For the 
for all intents and purposes. He was skanky, Wilberry. <laughs> <laughs> so the lyric, the lyrics on Roy Orbison's version are different. And did Elvis write those? Those or did Roy tweak them? My, I am slurring. Hey, did Roy tweak those? Elvis wrote them. There, they were from uh, the demo version. Had slightly different lyrics. Well, you've, you're no good and you've never been no good. <laughs> All right. What's our next thing? Are we still on this album that you uh, that you love? Uh, no, no, we're that done. Was, that was my last one. We're going on to something called King of America. Yeah. Uh, credited to the Costello show. Mm-hmm. He's got a beard. He does. He's, uh, he's taken over a country. He says he's got a crown on. Yeah. He's on a new record label, Demon Records. And... Uh, Columbia in the USA. Sure. Uh, Columbia. Sure. We didn't give up on them. I can't help it. The UK did. <laughs> What's your first song from King of America, the album that he refused to sign last night? Stormed off. Stormed off. Put a hat on and left. Took one look at it and was uh, disgusted by yeah. it. Uh, my first one is one that uh, Nick Lowe has covered. Uh, they've been singing it some okay. on this tour, but they did not last night. No, they so. disappointed us. This is our um, this is our consolation prize. We're gonna listen to indoor fireworks All right. right now. Uh, two years between albums now. Between this and uh, Goodbye Crew World. These parlor games we play it make believe. When we get to the part where I say that I'm gonna leave every. Everybody loves a happy ending, but we don't even try. We go straight past pretending to the part where everybody loves to cry. Indoor fireworks can still burn your fingers in. Fireworks. We swore we're safe as houses. They're not so spectacular they don't burn up in. You have this album higher than My Aim is True. Where is this? This is five. Five. That's very high. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's great. It's very high. I mean, I I haven't listened to it in a long time, and therefore the song I picked was is the cover and it's a remake well that's mm-hmm. what a cover is pat you idiot <laughs> um and i love his cover of this and one of the reasons i picked it it's a cover of the animals please don't let me be misunderstood mm-hmm. and i wanted to play this because i wanted to talk about i sent you those animals albums right yes did you listen to those i listened to the first one not good no definitely like, a singles band yeah like i I know like the, I've always known like the four or five singles Mm -hmm. that they have and they're great. Yeah. So they re-released their first four albums uh, that were released in America, remastered, you know, the whole shot. Yep. So I'm like, when now's the time to get into these? This might be one of my favorite British invasion bands of all time. And no, 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 don't, don't, don't even take the deep dive. I, I mean, you can, but we're telling you just the couple of singles the yeah. five or six songs it's all filler no oh, killer it's all filler <laughs> i mean it's super disappointing yeah i mean they 
listen, they were big blues fans. It's just, mm-hmm. there's a lot of blues covers, but it's just pedestrian. Yeah. But then the singles are great. The singles are great. I mean, so. and I would, I would still interview Eric Burden. I would just have to step around the fact that the, your albums suck. <laughs> Dude, you're great. I love the, I love this song. What about this song? Mm, mm, no, nope, nope. no, nope. All right. So the song is Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood. Great cover. Seems like a perfect song for him to sing. Mm-hmm. Baby, can you understand me now? Sometimes I feel a little mad. Don't you know that no one alive can always be an angel when things go wrong? I seem to be mad. Now, are the attractions on some of this album? Uh, they were not on either of the songs we just heard. Okay. So Indoor Fireworks is uh, like Elvis Presley's band. It's James Burton. It's Jerry Chef. Okay. Um, that one had uh, Jerry Chef's on it. Uh, T-Boom Burnett plays guitar. Jim Keltner's drumming. So there was, this this album has like all these, he had like a band he called the Confederates. Mm-hmm. He had something called the Coward Brothers, which was him and uh, T-Bone. Okay. They called themselves Henry and Howard Coward. Okay. <laughs> it was like their pseudonym. Uh, but the next song I picked is the one song that the attractions play on. A suit of Lights. A suit of Lights. Nat King Cole sings, welcome to my world. You Chris, some song you hate, you sentimental fool. hear that chorus gotta hear the song title when we yeah, do this that sounds like the attractions you have always recorded with me in person yeah um it, you this wouldn't be as fun if we were on zoom no not i at couldn't all. have ran in a room and made a drink and i wouldn't be looking up here we wouldn't have these tangents that are <laughs> right. taken away from the show we would have been we would have been done like an hour ago yeah i mean there's nothing like the in the room. No, it's it's fun. Well, it's you know that's why you're you're very generous to host me and you know, listen. Some some guys buy Porsches and <laughs> some guys get hair plugs. You know, yeah. my midlife crisis is I fly to L.A. and do podcasts. Would you ever get hair plugs? <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Does your dad have a full head of hair? Uh, it's he for the most part. I mean, he's still. How old is he? He is uh, 76. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. Tell him to quit worrying about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
final Columbia album, also now on. He's still on Demon. He's still on Demon. Still on Demon. This is uh, this is Blood and Chocolate. I like this album better than King of America. Where do you put it? Well, I have I have this six, but I I could I you could, could see, flip them. Yeah, there and this also same year. So he he's he's got a double uh, double banger in 1986. We come back to Nick Lowe, and he's back with Nick Lowe. Closes he's out the back Columbia with the attractions. Yeah, another and, cool album cover. I even like King of America. I think that's a cool album cover. It's a very, yeah, very cool uh, cover. No, no words on it at nope, all. No, nope. I, I like the Punch the Clock and I like the Goodbye Crew World album covers too. I like all his album covers of these albums that we've talked about. Yeah, I think he, I think he painted the cover of Blood and Chocolate. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very good. And it's 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 it rivals Mellencamp as far as uh, <laughs> yeah. singers who paint for sure. And it says uh, it says on the cover Napoleon Dynamite. If you notice that. No. So he came up with Napoleon Dynamite as a pseudonym. Okay. And then the guys that made the movie 20 years later, yeah. you know, whatever, claimed that they had never heard of that, which is maybe true because they're it could young, be true. younger and weren't, they're like, yeah. you know, from Utah. And, yeah. They might not know of Elvis Costello. So just randomly they came up with mm-hmm. the same, but it was a pseudonym that he came up with for this album. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you told me that you're the king of pop. I am. All right. I am king of soda pop. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now it looks like you have a ton of songs here. Do I? Uh, oh, I, I see. I see what happened here. Okay. Yeah. There's, you, a, there's another compilation that came in okay. at the end of his. Uh, All right. At the we'll, end of this, I'll allow. We it. can dis- We can, we'll discuss. Yeah. Um, We're gonna hit the three hour mark easily. Okay. Because the other file was two hours and seven minutes. File talk. Could someone get me a sting? <laughs> and we're at a half hour with this right now. Okay. Well, we may we may not. I blame Richie Ramon. I do too. This okay. is Richie Ramon. Richie Ramon from the Ramones. This is Richie Ramon from the Birds. No, Richie. <laughs> uh, so, what's your first song? Uh, my first one is called Tokyo Storm did he, Warning. Did he play this last night? He did not play this last night. Uh, oh, Nick Lowe Nick played, played some Tokyo song. Yeah. Uh, he, this was a co-write with, uh, Kater Reardon, who was his second wife. Ooh. She's a member of the Pogues. So he's been married three times? Three times. He, um. She was a member of the Pogues? Pogues. She's the one without those teeth? <laughs> Is that her? <laughs> she was the one with all of her teeth. So he produced, uh, their Rum Sodomy in the Lash album. And I guess. I can't even look at that guy that sings for their Pogues. Like, it's disgusting he's to me. scary looking dude. The, the, I, I can't even, I mean, look, and here's the reason why, because it angers me that he doesn't get his mouth fixed. Right. He could. You would assume that he has made enough money off that one Christmas song. I mean, even if he wore, even if you wore dentures, fine. I think he feels like it's his look now. Like you uh, would, you wouldn't recognize him otherwise. I'm so glad that's not my look. He would just, he would just be a dirty, he would just be a random dirty Irish dude. Otherwise, <laughs> he would just look like all the Irish. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, is that not right? Um, I'm part Irish. Look at my 23 and Me. Very, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> right. All right, Tokyo Storm Tokyo Warning. Storm Warning. Clocks in at 6:21. The songs on this album are long. They are long. Here we go. And you wonder where the hell you are While the KKK convinced 
exciting. Back with the attractions. It sounds like there's some energy in the room. Yep. Nick Lowe's there. Sounds like a Nick Lowe production. Yep, very much does. Uh, you took one I would have taken, so hmm. I only picked one. And I'm burping, which is nice, very <laughs> lovely. Um, it's called I Hope You're Happy Now. Yeah. No, I'm saying that to you. It's very, very nice of you to check I in. meant, I hope you're happy now that you picked the song I was going to pick. <laughs> All right, I got I to gotta start this one over and talk to him. Figure of a man in handsome tears Things you need and some that you will never. Can we talk about Elvis Costello? How many times these albums have been released on CD? I mean, there's the original releases, and I think they've been released like two or three times after that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a if you go to a used CD store, the Elvis Costello section is jammed. Yep, which I I did. I went to use CD stores yeah. today and that's absolutely true. Cause I went to his section in every store. Yeah. So there was uh Ryko disc in the early to mid nineties mm -hmm. did the first wave of reissues. Yeah. And they had like the green tinted CD mm -hmm. uh, and they covers. were, they were all single disc. Yeah. With, with the, with with the some, album and bonus and bonus tracks. Bonus tracks. Yeah. And then Rhino in the early two thousand crazy, crazy had, um, Second disc, so they had the the full record on one disc, and then all the bonus tracks on the second disc, and then a bunch of unreleased stuff that you've never heard right. on that bon on that second yeah. disc also, and then um, the ones I have over there, which are my preferred ones, if you don't want all the bullshit, um, <laughs> are the uh, are uh, I think um, United are United Music mm -hmm. Entertainment released the all of the ones we talked about, right in a digipack format with the, with spines that like match up and yep. look, and he's dancing at the top and pretty cool. And, uh, and those are hard to find. Those you don't see a lot of at the used CD stores, but those two disc Rhino ones are around a lot. It seems sometimes, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw, I think both versions of yeah. my, my mystery or all three yeah. versions of my mystery. So that's, so we're talking the original releases mm -hmm. and then three more times after that. That's yeah. crazy. And I would think at this point they've found everything. Yeah. I, I don't think there could be anything else. Yeah. And I wonder if any of his masters got lost in the fire. Well, if they did, what we have now was done with those masters, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Rhino does a pretty great job. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, there, it's very shady on whose masters are around and if they're using digital files and what they're doing. Very sneaky. Yeah, and I, 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 I like the songs. <laughs> you yeah, know, like I don't, I don't necessarily like. I can tell when something sounds better or it's crisper yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. but I, I wouldn't know necessarily yeah. listening to something. I mean, I guess when you 
listen to bonus tracks, you can hear slight differences in this versus that. But at some point, like, I don't know that I would say, wait a second, that doesn't sound like, I don't know. I guess maybe some, sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't. Like yeah. when you did the Taylor Swift episode yeah, and you played, you know, her brand new version, mm-hmm. it was hard to tell which, which was the original and, and which was uh, the Taylor's version. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you'd have to just take these and you have to A, B them back and forth. Nerd talk. You guys are nerds. Honestly, I did fall asleep like about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> wow, you, from your own voice? <laughs> right. <laughs> how, is, how is that? I was boring myself. How is that 16 second song not a hit single? <laughs> Coming in at number one this week, Hob the Troll with Nerd Talk. Nerd Talk. Parentheses, Rock Solid Sting. <laughs> Did that sound at all like uh, like Casey Kasem? No, not really. I really tried. Yeah, I think you did. I, believe, I really did. I believe you. All right. Well, you, know, uh, you got you got one more off this album, then you're going to go some, some B-side bullshit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not prog rock bullshit, B-side bullshit. So is this the other one you would have picked? Yeah, I would have picked this yeah. 100% because I was so excited when he sang it last night. Yeah. Even though I didn't like the slot it was in, he closed the show with it. And, uh, yeah, we, talk, we, talk, we talked about it. We did. We didn't talk to the people. We did not. Bill Cosby was like, we didn't talk to the people. <laughs> Did that sound at all like Bill Cosby? No. No, not at all. No. It sounded actually a lot like Casey Kasem. So funny. When you have two vodka drinks, you think you can do any impression. Anything. Any impression. Anything. Right. Uh, yeah. So this is, he closed, he closed with this last night. Yeah. I uh, want you. I want you. I want you to leave. <laughs> right. With, and I'm not signing that. <laughs> Put those albums away. Jerk. I want you, you had your fun, you don't get well no more I want you, your fingernails go dragging down the wall Be careful darling, you might fall I want you I woke up and one of us was crying I want you You said, young man, I do believe you're dying I want you If you need a second opinion As you seem to do these days I want you But you can look in my eyes And you can count the ways Good tune, good tune. Love it. Yep. Oh no. Oh no. Kevin, what? hold on. We have a title fight with Cheap Trick. Ah. I want you. Oh, 
All right. Produced by Roy Thomas Baker. I still don't think he did a good job with that band. Too, no- <laughs> too noisy, too noisy, too raucous. Tone yep. it down. We also could have had a title fight with uh, Marvin Gaye. The Beatles. Bob Dylan. Jody Watley. Roxette. Mm. <laughs> None of these coming up. No, nah, <laughs> no, I have them. I'm just I'm scrolling through. I'm trying to find them. Lindsey Buckingham. I'm just gonna keep throwing names oh. until you land one. <laughs> uh, here we got we got the aforementioned Huey Lewis. No. Jet and the Blackhearts. That's kind of fun. What about Kiss? Oh, it says it can't locate the file. Maybe that's a good thing. That's a shame. Is also produced by Roy Thomas Baker. I want you. I have for so long. I want you. Unlistenable experimental I bullshit from Lindsey Buckingham. I, <laughs> I actually don't mind this song. We get it. Was I wrong? It's going to change up here in a minute. <laughs> I guess I had to prove I want you. I was someone hard to lose. <laughs> yeah. This lover boy. No, it's not my lover. This, this is the good stuff. This song title has been used by tons of artists. Oh, yeah. Melissa Etheridge. Bon Jovi. Cheryl Crow. Wow. Elliot Easton. Great White. I have Paul Stanley uh, solo live CD singing I Want You. Let's try that. Let me tell you something, people. Death one's off. Rock and roll over. This is going to scream like a lunatic. I like this part of the show. You just pick a song. Ah, uh, let the audience do the heavy lifting. Lazy. So lazy. This is nine minutes long. Oh my God. I want you. I want you. Baby, 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 I want you. I want you. Something for Festini? Rick Springfield? Play songs and dedicate them to people that other people don't know. I do want to hear that Bon Jovi one now that you brought that up. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I don't have that. No. There's Rick. We could do a whole episode of uh, <laughs> I Want You. Yeah. She said that love's a stranger. 
you're not a fan of Bon Jovi at all. <laughs> no, even a little bit. <laughs> then this would be the last one. Where's she going? Don't leave. Oh, this is a sad song, Kevin. By sad, you mean terrible? Oh, they're both crying. Oh. Power ballads. Oh, hot garbage. Those guys. Uh, I guess you don't have the Tom Waits. Uh, I might. Hold on. Is that? I wonder if he's singing about Tommy and Gina. Um, I do not have the Tom Waits. No. No. Sadly, I thought I did. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. All right. Well, that horse is dead. <laughs> that might be where the editing comes in. If people are still with us. No, no, no. You got to stick around. We got a play out song chosen by Mike Schmidt. All right. Love what's uh, now? There's another best of on Demon Records or something. Yeah. There was a uh, uh, compilation called Out of Our Idiot that was basically a compilation of singles mm -hmm. and B-sides, mm -hmm. basically like non-attraction stuff. It was okay. all things that were credited to other artists. So um, here, let's just pick one of these. All right. Um, this was actually, these were both songs that were on the two previous albums, but in totally different versions, okay. basically. So um, we'll do, we'll do the, uh, We'll do the second one of these because it was the A side okay. of the single. So this is the single version of Blue Chair. Blue Chair. You know what I like to do? I like to put on my green shirt and take a seat in my blue chair. Seat in the blue chair. Here we go. Just the attractions? No. Wow, it sounds like them. Doesn't sound like Hall and Oats because it's their band. Wow. Is this T-Bone Walk? It is. Mickey Curry? It is. G.E. Smith? No. Charlie the Chant? No, just, just T-Bone and uh, Mickey. So the rhythm section. You could have said that. Eleven albums, nine hours, rock solid. All right, we're done, right? Yeah, that's it. And we're then, done. And then at this point, the attractions are done. Yeah, Elvis is kind of done for a few years. It's three years before he puts another record out. All right. Uncanny. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, if I, I might get some glasses and I might get, I might take this on the road as a tribute band. Um, I would call the band Oliver's Army. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's available. There's, no, there's, nobody, sure. out, there's nobody out sure there. Sure it is. There's nobody out there to it. All right. Go ahead. Wrap it. You wrap it up. I'm in no condition. No, I just was, 
Yeah, just saying, you know, it, it's a it's a good pause point because at this point Elvis is Elvis is pausing. I think he's yeah. I think he's burnt out. Yeah, how could you not be? The attractions have kind of, you know, I think they got together and played on Blood and Chocolate, but I think not being used on King of America didn't really sit well. Yeah. And um so yeah, he kind of drops off the face of the earth for a little bit and uh we'll hear from him we'll hear from him again eventually. The next episode. The next episode. The next time you're in town. Or what what if you when you come back, not if, when you come back, yeah. what would your topic of choice be next time? We did Zevon. We did. We did Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. We did Costello. Yeah. We did Motown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have to think about it. I will. Is Bon Jovi? Definitely would not be Bon Only because you've already done a Bon Jovi episode. No. I mean, I can't, no, I can't top we, it. We haven't. No. Alexi and I, it's on the books. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? We keep threatening. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get over here. He prom- he, sa- he actually sent me a text like uh, two weeks ago and said that he's going to get over here and we're going to do it. Okay. All right. So you want to throw out uh, at Twitter, you're at Bargs. <laughs> not. <laughs> you're at K Hartbarger. K Hartbarger. Super easy to find. It's very easy. And what is your little, what's your picture of? What's your little profile oh, thing in the yeah. circle? What is that? Uh, a, a, a friend of mine who I used to work with had a t-shirt made mm-hmm. that says, I heart, uh-huh. and it has like the little, you know, yeah, I heart, heart of a heart, yeah. Barger. Oh, okay. That's what, <laughs> you know, I've looked at it a million times and I guess I've never really looked at it. I just see it. Yeah. It's black, white, and pink. There it is. Yeah. So. All right. We are at Rock Solid Show. Hey, fo- follow Kyle Dotson at Kyle Dotson Funny. Why not? Uh, go to Rock Solid Podcast for all things about the show. And we've talked enough about Rock Solid. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for being here. This was fun. This was great. Um, I hope the the uh, tangents and the digressions uh, didn't taint the legacy of one, Elvis Costello. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. He's my favorite artist. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do this for a while. And I, I think, you know, after my wedding day and the birth of my kids. Right. This is right up there as another day that I made me break down in tears and wonder what the (laughs) hell I got myself into. Now let's do that. Let's do your order. Let's go from number 11 to number one. Let's do it in full before we go. Okay. Number one, get happy. Number two, armed forces. Three is this year's model. Four is Imperial bedroom. Five is King of America. Six blood and chocolate. Seven trust. Eight, Almost Blue. Nine, Goodbye, Cruel World. Ten, Controversially. Very. My aim is true. Very strange. And 11, Punch the Clock. I really don't know how you're going to sleep tonight. <laughs> having my I'm going to sleep really true. well after Number, uh, after two big glasses of rum. Will that help? Will that help? Oh, my God. <laughs> will that help you sleep? Uh, I, th- I think it will. Will the hell? Will the hell? Will the <laughs> will hell? you be able to sleep? Oh, my God. I might edit that out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mike Schmidt said, I believe what he told me was his friend had the album uh, that is Hart Barger's least favorite, My Aim is True, and they just always listened to it nonstop when he was a kid, and he just loves the song Blame It on Kane. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be the song we close it out with. Right on. Uh, I'm Pat Francis. You're Kevin Hartbarger. We together are known as Oliver's Army, <laughs> and please enjoy Blame It on Kane. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Richie Ramon. You got it. Once upon a time, I had a little.
government burglars took it long Before I can nail it to you Still you are the only one Now I can't let it slip away So here's the man with the ticker tape I tried to take it But this is what I'm gonna say Blame it on Kane Yeah. 